Welcome, everyone, to episode what I believe to be 11. Hopefully it's 11, otherwise I'm very embarrassed right now. Hotline League, we're here, and it's great. And you're here, and that's also great. I'm joined right now. Start um, over, I just put my glasses on. I'm joined right now by my colleague, Mark Zimmerman, co-host of the show. And uh, we will be joined in a little bit by Dash of the NALCS Analyst Desk. But we have a little little stuff to talk about first before we can grab him and bring him in. Either way, how's your week been, Mark? Uh, it's been interesting. Had some uh, figure out some stuff for the offline TV house. Oh, yeah? What did you, uh, you have to figure out? Uh, just like what we're doing with content and stuff because they've been doing a lot of IRL streams, which are doing very well. And then people are cutting up highlights and putting them on YouTube, which is also doing well. But it wasn't something that was initially something we would want on our YouTube channel. So we had to figure out exactly what we want to do with the IRL content and reach a resolution and all that jazz. That's exciting. Not really. Thrilling. Thrilling content here on Hotline League. This is what, whenever people, people, I always title the video something like, TSM is the worst team ever. So then people click it and they're like, oh, this is engaging. And then they're going to get Mark talking about offline politics. And I now regret asking you that question. Either way, uh, thank you, Mark, for asking me. My week has been great. There's been, it's it's Tuesday. Normally I do this show on a Monday, but the scheduling font conflict pushed it to here. Hey, Travis, great. how do you feel about uh, Riot Games not publishing or telling us where the, the finals are yet? Yes. I'm glad you asked me, Mark. Yeah, there you go. Well, we'll dive into that topic in just a second. But for Fine. those that have not uh, watched the show before, uh, the way this works is we take live call-ins from uh, the different folks that are watching the show. Uh, then later on, you might watch it on YouTube. You might watch it on podcasts. We People always ask me when and where. So my Twitch channel, uh, the SOTL Travis Twitch channel, might change it to Travis Gaffer in the future. We usually do it Mondays at 8 this time it's tuesdays at eight if you check out my twitter on mondays well i'll usually give you guys updates on when it's scheduling or for rescheduling or who yes, the guest is by the way. yes pacific PMP. pacific because if you guys don't notice this all league legend stuff is pacific for north america and uh mark do you want to talk about how the discord stuff works uh, I'll save it until after we talk with James a little bit all right because I, I I told James if he wants to think of something to ask the fans he can kind of prompt us if he, if he yes. wants to. Okay. Well, either way, we'll get to Discord instructions in a little bit. But if you're really eager, that's, there's a link in the Twitch chat and people will spam. I'm sure the instructions there. Uh, but before we, we bring Dash on, who will be on in about 10 minutes or so, uh, maybe five, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a couple things. One is a little bit of frustration. Mark, did you have a chance to watch or maybe you just saw the headline for my video um, about the there's no announcement yet on where spring finals is going to be didn't watch it i saw that there was a date i saw you tweeting about it a couple times and i know that you have been talking to me about this yeah. since start of the season where is it i just i just wish that riot would communicate about this stuff and uh and i don't know maybe this is probably not the show to, to take too many calls on it since uh dash won't be able to speak to it too much i'd rather have people asking questions about the analyst desk and how he does stuff and all that but uh, really would like to see an answer there and don't know if you have an opinion on it. Oh, yeah. There's this big room full of where it's going to be at Riot and they just, they're talking about how great it's all going to be and I just walk past it every day with my insider knowledge that I just love so much. So no, it I doesn't bother me at all. You can give me an answer. I'm just curious <laughs> yeah, if you have a stance on this. I mean, I, I understand where especially media and people who are like third party but still need to know because teams will mostly be accommodated but like 
maybe you're the family of a team and you would like to know and plan a trip. And it's very hard to do that. It's, it's not just media members that this inconveniences. So I do agree largely that this should be sorted out much faster. Yeah. Um, other than that, any any interesting stuff from this week that... Uh, Actually, let me ask you this. Yeah. They're obviously... It's not like they haven't started planning for this, right? Like they, they must have narrowed I, some I so. list yeah. down. I would hope so. Let's work with the assumption that they haven't nailed the place down yet, else I'm sure they would have announced it. Um, would you enjoy if, or prefer if they were like, hey, we're looking at Texas, Quebec, some other fucking place, and they gave you three three places to start planning around? Uh, no, I, I don't think that. I think my frustration is – like I. If they do not have it nailed down yet, then I understand why they can't announce it. I think for me, I would like to see I, – I think the problem then is that why don't they have it nailed down yet? Just because we've been doing LCS for so many years that we should be at a, a place now where this should already be resolved – so if it's not resolved yet, see, this is why I see no reason why this hasn't been announced yet. Because if they do know where it is and they're just not communicating it, that's really frustrating. If they don't know where it's going to be yet, that is really problematic because I think that it just, it just illustrates that there's not enough planning ahead yet. And while I was willing to excuse that in the beginning of League of Legends competitive history, it's a lot harder to excuse now. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of my take there. Um, either way, you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else we should we should chat about before we get Dash on. Uh, anything that you want to say that you don't want him to hear? Because surely he's not watching us right now. No, I doubt it. Um, you want to trash him? No. Okay. I don't like his beard. Okay. Oh, really? Okay, we'll talk about that. When yeah. He gets well, on. it just it irritates when when you kiss. Cool. Well, we're going to talk about that in just a second uh, as we pull Dash into the call. For everyone who is... Uh, hang on one second, Mark. Uh, Wait, for do, you, everyone, do you want me to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just transitioning back to uh, a holding screen. Um, for everyone who want, we're, we're grabbing him, and uh, you'll have to add him to the Skype call. Yeah. Tell me, am I good to do that? Yeah. All right. There you go. So I'm going to type instructions in the... Oh, we're now in a different Skype window. I see. Ooh, James has the, the fancy lighting. He does have the fancy lighting. Did he buy it just for this? That's the question. I doubt it. We need to hey, get uh, in the Discord call. Oh, hi. Hi, Dash. Can yeah, because uh, I muted myself on Skype. You you yes, are so perfect. ahead of the game here. Dude, you guys like my lights too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did it. Right. So did you buy field. that for the show? Uh, I made it work. Okay. Uh, we could talk about it on the show. Yeah, <laughs> but I okay, literally heard okay. your comment. He's yeah. probably in an office or some shit, or you didn't remember his ale, and I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, okay. okay. Let me guess. You, you put, like, two monitors of different colors on your face. Yep, I have. I, 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 I have a laptop on one side and my second monitor on this <laughs> side. Bo both have different colors. It's a YouTube video that has changing colors, so it'll change. Nice. That's good. Um, and I just turned those on because I was like, you, you know there's no fucking way I'm going to show. I also... Twitch chat's going to see this in a second. They're going to be very excited, I'm sure. Oh, Perfect. I was you, gonna say you need the shades. Yeah, I wasn't. Come on, dude. I'm gonna. I mean, Mark. I'm the host, right? Like, if there's anything, <laughs> you know, one enter. person who's gonna come prepared for for something is gonna be me. Yeah, it's gonna be me. Travis, you want to take the night off? We have a real host here. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm noticing. 
Holy All right, Lord. I gotta pull. Let's see, I gotta pull Twitch chat up so I have that. Yeah, yeah. So, Don't be careful with those guys. They'll they'll discourage you and and right. they tear you down. You know, that's not what yeah. you want. James this is, is very delicate. Look, I actually really like your set. I'm impressed you were able to do that without spending all the money on the, the light bulbs. It, yeah, well, um, I mean, it's not as elegant a solution as yours, but uh, uh, it definitely it works. works for yeah. 25 seconds of thought in, yeah, my, yeah, exactly. in my bedroom. <laughs> very good. Well, uh, welcome to the show, Dash, officially. Uh, you Thank are you. our second right personality to be on Hotline League, but the definitely the one with the best lighting so far. So I'm excited ah. about excited about that. That's all I um, wanted. So. so you let's really quickly, everybody knows you as the the guy at the desk. Who are you outside of the desk? You know, people want to get Oof. to know James Patterson, not just Dash. God, I don't know. I'm not that interesting a person. All right. Um, well, that's the show. I mean, my, there it is. <laughs> I'm going to take these glasses off only because it's impossible to see in my no, yeah, I, agree. I, 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 I already on. got the screenshot. We can take these off. Yeah, All right. So. Perfect. Um, so who am I outside of uh, the LCS? I mean, my life has really revolved around three things, I would say, in terms of like passions uh, grow, since growing up, which would be running, acting and video games. Um, two of those things I still get to do one of one of them. Unfortunately, as of last year, I can't really do so much. That would be running. Um, but so much of my life and my focus has been around those three things, the people I associate with and, and what I do even as hobbies, uh, typically revolve around those three things. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm that interested. I'm not a well-versed person, maybe. Yeah. But. Well, it's hard. I don't know if anybody in esports is well-versed. That's a secret. All of us are it so ki- busy with this is, stuff. right? Yeah. yeah. You can't, because it, it, especially in the infancy of a sport, those uh, or any, anything really, not even a sport. Let's not isolate it to a sport in the infancy of any product or any new field. It, it's those who've put in the hours who, who rise to the top. Um, you know, those are the ones who, who quick, who quickest display an ex- expert level of knowledge or ability in certain areas. And so, yeah, it kind of makes sense that, you know, eight years, 10 years and however many years into well, we're eighth season of LCS, yeah. you know, um, that, that you know certain people are where they are yeah yeah it's uh it's an interesting situation i mean i think for me it's like it's funny because not only do we all spend so much time actually working and building content and doing all the stuff for this but outside of it most of us are just hanging out with each other you know it's like i have a monday off and i'll go get food with mark you know instead of right. doing something outside of esports it's like i continue to hang out with everybody in the scene so it's an interesting situation. Um, Very much so. I, I wanted to, to get your take before we open up to callers on, because I like to have discussions a little bit with the, the guests so that it gets the callers to start coming up with ideas on stuff they want to talk about. But, yeah. uh, you know, we've talked a little bit in the past two weeks with uh, Mark about changes to the analyst desk. And I think the desk is probably changing the most since you first arrived on it this year. I just want to get your away. take on... Uh, what you thought of the changes so far and how it's coming along and sort of your take on all that stuff. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously this could, we could make this as in depth as we want. Um, And I hope we do. That's what I would actually want to encourage viewers is let's talk about the analyst desk. Let's talk about what you guys want from it, your expectations, you know, feedback, uh, you know, as we've initially made some changes. Um, But I guess what I'll start with is like broad strokes. Uh, I'm crazy excited for, what we intend to do 
you know, what we we want to do for the year. Uh, of course, execution to be uh, to be determined. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, Travis, like this is this is legitimately the within even the first two weeks of the NALCS, the greatest transition that the analyst desk has ever you know undertaken since I've I've come to riot, and that's largely due to prioritization of other things, which is entirely fair. You have to have a working league, and I'd rather that I'd rather the games be you know good and 100% watchable and enjoyable before the post game or the pregame for the game is 100% watchable and enjoyable. And so I think that the prioritization in terms of leveling up to some degree uh, when it comes to the broadcast has been correct over the years. And hey, now it's the analyst desk turn. We finally have analyst the, desk. the state farm analyst desk turn. We finally have the resources and the time um, and some stability in the league that we can say, hey, let's focus on now the presentation of the narrative. Let's focus on the content uh, you know, outside of the game, the LCS game itself. Yeah. And obviously you, you guys were looking at a lot of different ideas and sort of experimenting, uh, during the breaks to sort of figure out how you wanted to change all this stuff. Right. Uh, and when none of those ideas came to fruition, we settled on fine. Mark can come back. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mark can come back. Uh, but the, the big question I want to ask you, and maybe the biggest change that I've noticed in the tone of the desk is that you have facial hair now. And so I'm just kind of oh. curious about how that came about. <laughs> that way, I mean, look, I campaigned for it for months. Yeah. Um, no, uh, it was a no, big concern I'm, about child labor laws. It was like everyone thinks we're hiring like a 16 year old. Yeah, and we have I, to like, yeah, whatever. Um, so, uh, no, I, you know, I'm one of those people that um, I don't. I mean, now that I have a beard, I, you know, it'd be weird to say I've been one of those people that could never grow a beard. Um, it, no matter how hard I tried or how, how many weeks I put into it, it just never came in fully. And so I've always been more comfortable clean shaven. This year, it just kind of worked out that with the, you know, following all stars until uh, the start of the season, I was like, all right, I've got like six or seven solid weeks here where if I'm okay with looking terrible for those seven weeks, like I might look decent at the end of those seven weeks so yep. i just i went for it i went for it uh it was it was dude it took the most willpower of almost anything i've ever done in my life to not shave it off my face after like week three when i you know when i was yeah. disgusted by at, at myself no i i had the same um, problem when mine first came in i just thought i couldn't grow without it looking super white trash you know you get it comes in mm -hmm. patches and it's not full and uh, and Peter was actually encouraging me to shave it uh, dramatically, saying things that I probably won't repeat on the show, but they were not flattering. Uh, yeah. And, and now finally, finally, it's there. So uh, but, yeah. but I will say I went to a barber like I went to an actual barber and had him teach me, you know, where the lines of my beard should be. Yes. So like, again, up to the up to like a couple weeks ago, I was a total beard noob. I had no idea what I was doing. So I walked in. I was like, just school me on it, dude. Like cut it for me so I can see it on my face. Teach me how to groom it, all that kind of stuff. How often should I be? you know, doing certain things and, and how should I style it? I would suggest did, that to anyone who wants to grow a beard. Yeah. Did, do they do straight razor for you or anything? Yeah. 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 It's the second, Ooh, are you, it's the second are you learning time how to do life. that too? No, 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 no. I'm terrified. I'd kill myself yeah. if I did a straight razor. Um, but it's the se only second time I've ever gotten a straight razor shave. And it is, it's insane how much closer they get, but also like kind of how much of a rush you feel when somebody's that, you know that close to, to, to ending your life so i at, at worlds <laughs> in 2015 i went to a barbershop in london 
and yeah. had them trim this up and, and give me a haircut. And uh, one of the interesting things, uh, I don't know if very many people have ever had this, they burned off my ear hair. They lit a little piece of paper on fire and then would like put the the push the fire in the direction of the ear so that just the little hairs that are on your ear are burned off. It was a uh, it's very interesting. I'm sure the majority of the viewers will not have ever heard of that, but it was it was interesting for sure. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd ever let any flame anywhere near my face ever. Yeah. What about flame uh, from the NALCS? Different story, maybe. Okay. We can talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> He's a handsome. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else before we we open it up to callers. I mean, I guess the the last thing is, how do you feel about the, you know, we're two weeks into the LCS. Uh, What has been surprising you in the league and how do you feel about all the new teams and brands and and what's got you excited? Uh, I mean, what's got me the most excited is that uh, no one knows what the hell is happening. Right. Uh, In a sense where, again, all preseason power rankings have been entirely flipped on their head and that really excites me. But, um, uh, I'd say like echo Fox obviously is, I think, again, I contest you're crazy. If you thought that'd be first place at the end of, you know, four and O end of week two, it's okay. If you're a fan, it's okay. If you thought they would be decent by the end of the split, but no way in hell you were legitimately arguing that they'd be first place undefeated only undefeated team in the NLCS, but they've been crazy fun to watch. And I said on the broadcast, um, like right at the end of the day on Sunday. But one of the things I love about that squad is that they're using this whole negative stigma that's been built up around them as this unifying element. And, and I think like it's as as simple an idea as it is, it's incredibly intelligent and it's something that teams should look to do more often is, is like understand their brand play to it. If you're the toxic team that keeps crushing people, if you're the toxic team that's, you know, like waiting for the blow up, it's like play into that brand a little bit, but also let it unify you and push forward. And I think Echo Fox is doing that brilliantly right now. The question is, again, is it sustainable? Yeah. Um, But I'm very excited for that squad. I'm actually I'm actually um, I think I'm surprised like everyone else about TSM in terms of the one in three scoreline. Not that I expected them to be hot right out the gates. Um, And I actually am on the on the side of like I encourage people to give them time. I think it's okay to criticize them in the context of the NALCS because the strength of those players individually should be able to win NALCS games, hands down. Um, But I think uh, people are extrapolating certain arguments from two weeks of the LCS to worlds and MSI and international implications right now, which is just, it's just a little, it's a little too far. I mean, how much are you, how much should you guys? How much shit are you and Mark giving Jet behind the scenes? Because he he came out so strong about CLG, who are in uh, a pretty tough situation, too. Uh, Mark, get in on this. I mean, like, I wouldn't say we're giving him too much shit because no one had them. I'm pretty sure I didn't see anyone who had them in the lower half of the league um, amongst, like, the professional analysts. So I don't think any of us can be like, ha ha, Jet, you're so stupid. How'd you get this so wrong when it's like I had them third? (laughs) Right. It's it's a little hard to go in on him, but we we do mess around him because he's not willing to, like, bet against them yet. Whereas, like, I am I'm off that train. I I mean, even. Even the broadcast, to be fair, is ragging yeah. on. I don't know if you guys, again, if you stick around to the very end, I would encourage everyone 
even if you don't watch the analyst desk, <laughs> the watch, rollouts. watch the rollouts at the end of the day, man. Sometimes our editors put in the funniest shit you will ever see in your lives. And like, so the week this week, Jad said something like, I will pick CLG. I think like regardless every day until week four. And so they took that clip and they started the rollout with that and then immediately hard cut to CLG getting aced. And it was just like, I'm just like, this is so goddamn funny. But like, yeah, like everyone kind of gives them a hard time. But to Mark's point, it I be, I thought they'd be at least a top four team, you yeah. know, right off the top. So it's hard to to like go totally in on him when I can't even really defend where they are right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just like, how long is he going to stay on that ship? Cause after week one, I was like, all right, fuck CLG echo Fox are my new dudes. As soon as I saw that and like week two worked out pretty well with that mentality. <laughs> we'll see how long it takes chat to Fox coin. Man. Fox coin is yeah, mooning right now. Fox coin. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, Mark, do you want to give just a quick breakdown of if people want to call in, how they go about doing that? Yeah. So if it is your dream to talk to Dash, here is your chance to in the Twitch chat right now. I'm spamming the discord link. What you're going to want to do is join in there. Uh, when you get it up, you will need to join one of the voice channels, general or general two, so that I can uh, pull you into the waiting room and the way that I decided to pull you into the waiting room is there are text channels So in the general channel for text, you're gonna want to type out your question If I see it, I like it I will drag you into the waiting room from the voice channel and then uh, you just gotta wait your turn to show up on air yep. So uh, pretty simple process We already have a lot of people in the waiting room. There are a and lot of uh, are, analyst desk questions If you are a subscriber uh, You there's a special subscriber channel that mark and I check as well. So it's not a guaranteed situation at all, but it, you do have a bit of a better chance of getting your your topic picked, assuming that you're putting something in there that's interesting. Um, and also just know that it takes a little bit for the subscriber thing to sync with Discord. So, um, you know, you can you can talk to any of the Discord mods on it if they're around to, to try to see if they can help you out with that. Um, but with that being said, uh, Mark, you want to go grab somebody while I... Yeah, uh, absolutely. I go ahead and read out some subs. Uh, so Hank, thank you to Krill, uh, the King Lawler, Scorpades, who says two months of spamming SOTL Mark Z in Twitch chat, Matt, Jew Moore, Catfish Burglar, Poznot, Fenron Jenkins, my boy Fenron Jenkins, who streams Total War on Twitch, it's so J, and uh, looks like we are on air right now with the King Lawler, who I just I just said his name out on the, the subscriber. Thank you so much, <laughs> King Lawler, for subbing. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Athens, Ohio. Athens, Ohio, Ohio. How it's we're experiencing a heat wave here in California. How's Ohio? <laughs> it's very cold. My room specifically is super cold. Okay, I've just just your room, not even Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Everybody Guys, it was, was like it was, yeah, it was like eighty five degrees today. Yeah, I had AC on. I needed to. I was sweating. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, sorry. So, King Lawler, what did you want to talk about? Uh, well, I had like. Four topics, but I just wanted to focus on the analyst test for now since Dash is on. Yeah, that's um, we, we have more shows in the future for your other topics. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the analyst desk for me is still a skip. I watch everything on VOD and I watch the interviews sometimes. I'll watch a tiny bit of the analyst desk, but usually not very much. Um, and I think there's some problems for me. Uh, I don't like the new like predicting the wind conditions before the champ select starts. Okay. I don't think it makes any sense to try to predict like how a team's going to win without knowing what champions they have. It, it seems, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it gives me much analytical value, really. Usually it's just like, 
uh, this team needs to stoneball really hard or something. I, I don't know. I, I never think it's that great. And then okay. after the game, uh, I, I agree that you guys have moved away from uh, just recapping team fights. I never liked that at all. Um, but I still think it's like very surfacey. Everything's really on the surface. What I would like to see more of is like uh, uh, decisions that were made in the game macro wise, such as um, a player could have pushed out a lane when they didn't push out a lane. And that led to such and such happening and X, Y, Z. Because in my opinion, the game of League of Legends is a lot about losing small tempos everywhere. And I think the best way to analyze it is by looking at small tempos that are lost. And I'm sure that the analysts see them. Uh, and could share more information with us. I love that you asked this question. Dash immediately put on his glasses and is obviously taking notes. He's like, okay. Oh, God. He's going to take this so serious. Get yeah. ready. Before yeah. James goes. Sorry, guys. Go. I'm going to try hard and like everything. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't. Uh, it's, it's tough. But before James goes try hard, I will say uh, the macro point is one I absolutely agree with. And I've been pushing to try and get like uh, a, like a mini map that we can use more uh, stuff with. It's just actually hard to get one that is what we want it to be. So like, I think with that point, we're working on that. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember Mark's always wanted to do macro stuff. Even from Yahoo, he wanted to do kind of like, let, let's look at how like the domino effect of one moment in the game, like sort of changed everything. So, yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm going to echo what Mark just said. Uh, and I'll also just kind of make this also another blanket statement for this episode is that, again, this year, we have a ton of plans and a ton of ideas for uh, the analyst desk. Those ideas take time to integrate. Um, so what you're seeing here in week two is just one little bit, uh, one few, you know, small sampling of things that Tip we're of the going iceberg. to do throughout the year and, and for future years. Um, and so that doesn't mean that... Uh, don't give us feedback or criticism on the segments that exist or give us a segment ideas. Please do those things. Um, but new, do know that like more is to come. Um, and a lot of it, uh, we can get into like why there are blockers for things. But in a lot of cases, we are at the mercy of what is technically like available to us. In other words, what graphics do we have? Uh, yeah. Do, do we have someone who can physically pull that replay right now? No, they're busy. OK, we can't do that then, you know, or whatever. Um, and so sometimes things just happen to fall through the cracks and that's the case. But to your few um, points, um, don't like predicting win conditions. Why? I want to ask why first. I want to understand a little bit more of, about why. Other than, other than the fact that you said it seems like the answer is typically snowball. I just think that, well, I, that's not, yeah, but <laughs> I just think that the, the analysts don't really have enough information without seeing the draft. And, and in fact, I think maybe a possible solution is, I don't know why you guys organize the, the broadcast this way, but maybe the analyst decks should be through the draft so that mm -hmm. the story that you're hearing before the game is consistent through the draft phase, because I think that's where really the analyst that's would shine. Yeah, which I'll be honest, in some cases we have considered doing, um, and I can tell you the EU broadcast um, has, I know, has done that. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I know they've done uh, the champ select from analyst desk in the past. So I don't, I can't think of example games off the top of my head, but I would be curious if you would go back and look at some, and, and then tell me if you like how they do it, because you might end up seeing it and saying, never mind, I take it back. Um, 
that's not my own comment on the ULCS uh, doing that. But when it comes to predictions, I want to draw an analogy or a comparison to traditional sports, which is if I'm on an NFL desk and uh, Mark is my analyst, I say, Mark, give me the win conditions for the Patriots. And Mark says, okay, um, I think that they need to play a a pass heavy game, right? Um, But uh, with short increments. So you're looking for your tight ends, most likely running short you know, five to 15 yard routes uh, because X defense is weak in that area, blah, blah, blah. That's an overall strategical point. And that's fair. But what I wouldn't expect Mark to do, right, is I wouldn't expect him to come in and say what they should do is on play one, they should pass on play two. They should run on play three. They should pass again. And on play four, they should throw, uh, you know, run a slant route, this thing, because as you mentioned, he doesn't have all of the data or information to make an informed uh prediction for an in, for a game when it comes to um, circumstances like that. Same thing with league. When we're asking for predictions, we're asking for, for strategical information. We're asking for macro level, larger picture stuff, which is how should they focus the draft? Who should they put resources into? Who is their main carry or what is the weakness or strength of this team when it comes to the way they play the game? Are they a team fighting team? Are they a 1-3-1 team? Do they excel by controlling vision and invading the jungle and starving people in CS? In a similar way that I would, again, I would approach that NFL game saying that, okay, they have a really good running defense. Maybe I would focus on passing here, but their secondary is great. So let's go for that tight end five to 15 range. He's not calling individual plays. He's not saying, oh, now that I see the way the defense is formationed, I'm going to predict differently. I agree with you Yeah, um, that you can't do that. But understand the predictions are predictions for the best way the analyst thinks this team sh- can win this particular game and the strategy they should be taking into it. The post game, th- that's where we could discuss, did they even one try the same win conditions? And if they didn't, what were, what did they try? Did it work? And let's talk about that. I see what you're saying. And that totally makes sense. But I think the difference is in a traditional sport, I know exactly what weapons each team has offensively and defensively so i can predict things i can predict all the matchups i I almost can play out the game in my head in some in some respect but if you say uh, i think this team really needs to one three one against whatever tsm and then they pick a a comp that's purely team fighting it's like all of the analysis for that is totally useless in this game because they didn't pick okay but i'll contest that is it useless because if they go a different direction then we just should discuss why why did they go a different direction than what we should have expected right that should inform how we look at this team from now on if we think that clg should be top lane focused put all of their resources into darshan because let's be honest he's the only performing member right now next to like maybe who he um but instead, they come into the game and they put Darshan on Maokai and they put, you know, they put uh, Stixay on on Kalista every game. Well, the team is telling us something different. They're telling us they think the best way to win is to play through uh, the bot lane. If that's the case, then now let's reframe the discussion. But these are inputs. It's their data points. Um, and I still don't think it's wrong to assess something in one instance in the pregame and then say, hey, we have new data, which is the game in which they played, which is the draft in which they drafted. Why did they disagree with you, Mark? Can you justify why they went against your win conditions? Uh, 
And maybe he goes, well, now that I've seen the game here, I'll tell you why it worked. And hey, they came up with something really smart here. I got to credit Zix for this draft and knowing that they would focus here if you pinch this champion pool, blah, 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 blah. But but as a as a viewer, I would contest, don't you think that that's more interesting than you being able to play out all the scenarios in your own head uh, and then make the analyst test moot? The, the other thing I throw in is if you look empirically at like what we've said and what has happened in the games, I feel like generally speaking, Jat and I are pretty on point with what does happen in the games. So to take like off the top of my head, the TSM Echo Fox game, Jat was like snowball topside, get get a strong matchup and they get Vladimir into GP and things are going great. And then my win condition was Dardock needs to play really well and shit on Mike Young. And it took a little bit of time to come online. But then the whole second half of the game was about Dardock's engages. So I would say maybe the exact methodology of the win condition is, is very hard to predict, but the general plot points are there. And to your point, I, I, I don't I agree that I don't think, again, the desk should ever fall into a pattern. That is one of the things we're trying to break this year is the idea of a pattern. So if you don't like the win condition segment, fine. Uh, hopefully you're not going to have to watch it that often, right? Ideally, I think we've done it either once or twice a day, ma- twice max. I think in a lot of ca- in a couple of days, we went in at once. All right, our hope is that we can start attacking games and analysis from from enough angles that we can satisfy all viewers. Um, the reality of it is, we won't. We never will. That's always the case. Um, but in your mind, okay, let's say win conditions remains and and we do it before champion select is there any way that that segment could evolve that you would enjoy watching it um you know uh, i don't know yeah i mean i guess it it it, it would be okay later in the season i think it'll definitely improve like early in the season you guys don't really know what the teams are about yet so it's, it's kind of difficult to make any predictions so i think it'll get better yeah, but yeah. Okay, I, I want to jump exactly to what you could do. Well, we're just da- dash. I will say, we, you have to wrap it quickly because we'll we'll have given ten minutes. Oh, see, I'm the wrong the person for this show. Yeah, then. yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll just yeah. I'll just be cutting you off throughout the throughout the thing. But Good. if you if you really want every, to quickly, every now and then, something Travis else. just just drag him and throw him in the waiting room for a minute. <laughs> yeah. If you need oh, time about dash is muted on Discord. I don't know what's going on there. We'll have to move on to the next call. Yeah, this is my this is my life, guys. Yeah, um, uh, but if you want to give a final point, uh, well, I should say the second point is on the post games because I just wanted to address that. Um, that uh, you know, when it comes to surfacey feel stuff again, that's exactly what we're trying to combat. Um, and I recognize that we're not a hundred percent of the way there, right? We're we're five percent. We took a solid five percent chunk out of it here in two weeks, and we got ninety five percent of the way to go. But um, to Mark's point, a lot of that stuff. In order to do it cleanly and coherently requires elements to come along with it. Um, and so it doesn't help us to sit here as three talking heads and say they should remember remember at 1730 uh, when they had three people bottom and there was a jungler who took the blast cone and that pink ward caught him. And so they knew the thing and they counter ganked. And if you remember that, what they yeah, should have like done that. instead was this. Right. And so um, I 100 percent agree on the, I, the the main goal or one of the main goals for the desk this year is combating that surface you feel. But a lot of that will it'll come in incrementally as we get elements if we get this 
giant blow up mini map where we can put icons on them and move them around and say, hey, this macro move, they should have moved from this part of the map to this part of the map. And it can change really eloquently and cleanly so that you understand it. 100 percent. We're going to do those segments, man. I'm right there with you. Cool. Well, thank you so much, uh, the King Lawler, for the call in. And uh, hopefully and you've you've definitely gotten dash revved up. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks again for the sub. Have a good one. (laughs) You too. All right. Uh, so as we are okay, we uh, it's so J sub. Thank you to them. Yinda Cat, Ice Orbs, uh, who says two months. Let's go. Dash is trimmed up. So good. Congrats. My PS resubbed for three months. Says hi Dash. Sir Cattle subbed. Uh, Hook subbed. Uh, Mark is still up there. Uh, there we go. And looks sorry, like, it was a confusion. Someone disappeared in the middle of it. No, no, it's fine. Uh, and right now we're joined by Matt Jumore. Where are you calling from, Matt? Hey, guys. I'm calling from College Park, Maryland. College from Park. Where? Sorry, you cut out there at the end. Yeah. College Park, Maryland. Okay, Maryland. Cool. Nice. And yeah. Thank you. I called out your name earlier as well, so thank you for the sub. Uh, what no What did you want to talk about on Hotline Dash? <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to talk about the analyst desk again. Um, I'm actually a big stat guy, so I enjoy the analyst desk. But I think sometimes when you guys do your analysis – kind of like the very narrow scope you kind of sometimes categorize people using some cliches and it's a lot of inconsistencies like i guess a good example was when you guys talk about optic gaming preseason the phrase i hear a lot was like you know you know it's a team with some good players but it doesn't quite make sense but then when you're talking about echo fox you're saying oh they're a very volatile team but you don't talk about the fact that you know when you look at them they do make a lot of sense Right where you have Huni, who is um, this great top laner, and then you have Dardock, who is known for aiding his top laner a lot, and Adrian Altec, who is a very safe bot lane. I just feel like there's a lot of inconsistencies in those respects. That makes sense. Uh, I would say, I think those were talking points that we hit. Maybe not specifically on the analyst desk, and I, I don't know how Jack feels, but personally for me, sometimes it becomes a bit of a blur of where I've said what. Um, like between was it a YouTube video was it on this show did I say it on the analyst desk and I think I at some point mentioned how like the the team of Echo Fox makes sense it was just that the whole supposedly 100% of these players have basically had complaints about their attitude at some point other than maybe all tech uh, so I think that's where the complaints come from but I think the idea of kind of stereotyping teams um isn't necessarily a bad idea if it's done carefully where it's like this team is the like teamwork and friendship team of CLG, you know, that like that was a narrative that got pushed for for a large portion. Like I think the idea of archetypes make it easily digestible. And as long as you're not like disingenuous, yes, it will lose some of the, the like accuracy because you are kind of trying to fit them into a mold so people can understand what that team's about if they don't watch all the time. Matt, I want to make yeah. sure that you had a chance to finish your your thought. I don't know if you were you were completely done. So you were saying that on the analyst desk, you feel sometimes like there's a little bit of stereotyping the teams. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that, or or was that sort of your your main point? I mean, that's basically it. And I was just, I think sometimes that gets in the way of analysis. And I see what you're saying, Mark. In that, yes, like when you're trying to sell a narrative to you know the however many people are in Twitch chat, it's a lot easier if you can say this team is you know the the fiery but volatile team. And this team is, you know, the teamwork team with CLG's case. But I 
think a lot of times it does come with the sacrifice of, you know, legitimate analysis. And I think it, it is an interesting balance. And I guess that's, if I wanted to ask a question, you know, the question is, where do you think you guys draw the line between actual analysis and selling a narrative? Dash, uh, this guy's a sub, so if you can just keep it a slow simmer instead of a roast, that would be, yeah, that would be good. I, I, I don't know why everyone thinks I'm roasting everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, uh, well thought so. out articulate points are synonymous with That's flame. Roast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roast. Flame, yeah. Um, so I guess. Uh, let me first acknowledge that, hey, if there are inconsistencies on the desk, that's a bad thing, right? Uh, we don't want inconsistency when it comes to terminology or um, colloquialisms or cliches or archetypes and things like that. Um, and so, hey, if we are being inconsistent, call us out and uh, we're going to make every effort to change that because I'm going to contest your second point, which is, is that archetypes and stereotypes are bad? Um, I, I, I fervently disagree with that, uh, especially when it comes to sports and analysis, because you have to understand a few things here, which is one, um, our audience's understanding of the game, the teams and the sport varies and it varies on a scale that you cannot even imagine. Right. We've got everyone from the grandpa who's like, you know, 12 year old grandchild is dragging him in front of the computer saying, watch this thing. Uh, it's so cool who doesn't understand, you know, doesn't even know what he's looking at to the literal ex pro who's now watching NALCS on his spare time and understands the game at a far greater degree than I do. Um, but how can we make this watchable for everybody within that spectrum? The only way we can do that is is by making those generalizations, I'll put it in air quotes, those stereotypes and those archetypes that we can refer to, that we can bucket and we can reference. Um, and I think that beyond that, archetypes, hey, the word comes from narrative and storytelling. It plays exactly the role it needs to when it comes to building up the story of a of a league and a season, which is that, hey, if you've got the guys who are crushing, you know, the perennial powerhouses in TSM, that's what they're known as. They're, they're the biggest brand in North American League of Legends. They're the team that owns N.A. That's an archetype. That's a generalization. But the fact that we call them that makes it that much more egregious that they're one in three right now. People wouldn't be in flames. People wouldn't be, you know, up in arms, pitchforks ready if TSM was, you know, wasn't called that. If we didn't have the expectation set because of this colloquialism, this generalization, then no one would give a shit that they're not playing well. And so when we look at Echo Fox and we say this is the team that's waiting to implode, guess what? Everyone's watching, waiting for them to implode. But if they don't, it's a good story because they're they're destroying everyone's or defying everyone's expectations. And if they do, it's a good story because, hey, it aligns with what we've said. Um, and that that's the thing that we need to find for all the teams. So so but so back to your original point, if we haven't found that thing for each of the 10 teams or if we're being inconsistent in the way that we're telling the stories or referring to each of these 10 teams, that's something that we need to approach and adjust so that the you know the trickle down the following storylines of the remaining nine weeks fall into place and make sense dash to you you and, oh. and and i can throw this over to, to mark as well um uh, sorry man I'm, i'll i'll turn to you in just a second but just off the heels of what dash was just saying do you guys worry that ever you you paint teams into a corner right 
Like, what if Echo Fox is not going to explode, but you guys keep pushing the narrative, like, these guys are going to explode, these guys are going to explode, and at a certain point in time, you've, you've, it's like, well, the, the narrative there needs to evolve or whatever. How do you determine how long to stay on sort of a, a certain quantification of a team or, or how you decide that this team, what their team story is before you try to find like, what is the next part of this? Or maybe we were wrong all along with the way that we looked at this team. I mean, I wish there was a hard and fast answer, but I'll let Mark attest to it. We talk constantly about what we've done. We do it in the immediacy of the segment. Like we'll come off the air and say, how was that? Did we did we hit our goals? Do we act, you know accurately represent the teams? We do it in post show meetings, and then we do it following our Monday Tuesday off. Tomorrow we're going to be back in the office. Thursday we're going to have a meeting. Um, we're checking each other. I wish there was a hard and fast rule where we could say every four weeks we you know make sure that the storylines still align and we yeah. throw everything back into a blender. That's not the case, but uh, we have to be our best police, and that definitely is a concern. I would say, yeah, my, my concern would be like if we've ever painted a narrative that we couldn't as reality shifted shift with it, then we've probably fucked up <laughs> at some point. Like, uh, and, and it, we undoubtedly have in the past. Yeah. yeah Again, no we're better. not without mistake. Uh, but I think it, for as many that we've fucked up, we've probably had as many where we've pivoted correctly. We've said we've been pushing this storyline for like an entire split now are we sure this is really still the identity of that team no okay let's change it what's the identity now right so in the echo fox example like everyone keeps saying wait for the other foot to drop wait for the other foot to drop if they go 18 to know the story is like the foot never dropped and if if they lose and they keep doing fine it's like yeah the foot dropped and they had a two a week but they bounce back and like they're fine and i think uh i think hopefully you know we we can accurately follow each team's narratives though like it is very hard to track 10 people with or 10 teams with five players and interviews and coaching staffs and, and sometimes you, you do lose some important details matt any any final thoughts i don't want to have you spend or spin dash on another tangent but if you have yeah, any follow up, <laughs> i don't think that you have to risk you know i don't think you have to give up the narrative i just think you need to make sure that you're also additional fact with the narrative i think you need to be creating an accurate portrait. And for instance, with COG just now, I think Dash said a little bit ago that, you know, Darshan's the only good player, right? Which, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he's the only one who's playing good in laning phase right now. And I think he actually, sorry, to correct myself, you said that Darshan was the only one who's playing good right now. And yes, he's the only one who's playing good in laning phase right now, but then there's a couple games where he got these big leads and didn't do anything with them, right? I think that's equally bad. So when kind of steer into you know the right well we can debate the point about getting leads and not doing anything with them i know mark will point to one of those games as we got darshan a huge lead and then the team threw his lead for him like <laughs> they yeah, i don't know to you... support they needed to support his lead in the top lane and they just decided to start running it by and like handing kills back over so we could debate the micro points but i think um to, like to that final point um the point of the analyst desk and narrative storytelling is to generate discussion. And a lot of ways, a lot of times, the only way you do that is by indexing slightly over the line in terms of like representing opinions and ideas in a lot of cases. Would you want Mark or Jat to not take hardline stances on teams and do a very vanilla, right, uh, take on a segment and be very accurate to, well, let's be, let's not put this adjective to that player because we got to be careful that they don't become, you know, pigeonholed into that adjective of a player. No, hell no. 
half of what's fun about sports is when people make that's why we have the overreaction segment when you make wild conclusions based on a performance of a guy this, this dude's now a top three you know top laner in the north american lcs and then and then you follow up on it i think i think what's wrong is if you don't follow up on it um and find out like oh we were totally wrong and deeming him that our bad like we'll we'll eat that and i think you're gonna find that over the course of the year is that like when we're wrong we're going to admit that we're wrong or we're going to make fun of each other. The coin being 0-5, I know it's an inanimate object, but, like, I'll do that to Jad if Jad's 0-5. I swear to God, I'll go in on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're constantly trying to rib each other about, like, our, our mess-ups and stuff. Like, me thinking Echo Fox was going to be bad is something that definitely should be held over my head. Yeah, dude, Fox coin. I mean, when we were yeah. like, oh, you're jumping on Fox coin already? And now, you know, we're giving shit to Jad for the CLG, you know, first place prediction, and we'll keep going on those things um definitely hold us accountable though yeah yeah and what's good i really do like the analyst desk i think that is the advantage of having you know three people on it right is that one of you guys can be giving the hot take and the other two can be you know well actually blah 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 yeah and and the thing is the hot take might not really be a hot take it might just be what i think which is not common sentiment you know that doesn't mean that that's fact right yeah none of what these guys say is necessarily fact um, and then that's that's the one that's one important thing to remember. Uh, and they don't even necessarily present it like it's fact all the time. They might present it very fervently and, you know, stoically and like confidently. But that's because it's their opinion. And then we can make fun of them and debate them till the cows come home. Hey, uh, thank you so much for calling in, Matt. I really appreciate okay. it. Yeah. Thanks, thank you. All right. Uh, we are going to grab another caller in just a second. Uh, but I'm trying to remember where I was before on this list of, of subs because we've got quite a few. Uh, iFlow has subbed Fern778, Baby Kangaroos, what a great name, uh, Regvlas Rex, Volks LOL, uh, reset for five months with the description, yeah, which is <laughs> it's a great one. And Spuns has resubscribed. And the Naked Homeless uh, Man has gifted a sub to Riot Dash. Congratulations, Dash, a naked and homeless person. Oh, God, it's so useless. Yeah. Don't get your hopes up. You I get a Mark Z emote. <laughs> you can you can open up the chat on the oh, broadcast, the uh, LCS gonna, broadcast, and spam, spam Mark Z's face. Yeah, oh, great. Uh, we're, we have our next caller here, and uh, in just a second, I'm going to to uh, ask him what he wants to talk about. But really quickly, Twitch chat. We want to have a positive environment here. I don't mind if you guys want to give the callers a bit of ribbing, but it's not like a all out brawl between us versus the caller where you expect you know you're not here for blood. All right. Just uh, it might be simmer down, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, other thing, real quick, guys, don't post multiple topics in the in the thing. You post your topic if you want to spam it a little bit. I understand you need to like kind of keep it refreshed so I can see it, but don't post like four different topics because I'm trying to, I'm trying though it's hard to like put in things and have some pacing so it's not ten analyst desk callers in a row. But if you guys keep changing what you're talking about, I have no idea. What the hell I pulled you for anymore, and you don't know either. I'm so, yeah, one, to- one topic. I'm, you, you, I'm sure you, in- you had one topic, uh, and that, that that or that Mark is not calling you out right now. What do you want no, to uh, talk about? Shit. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, uh, Rhode Island. That was actually my first League of Legends event uh, that I ever I ever worked at was in Providence, Rhode Island. MLG Providence. Really? Yeah. Uh, what did you want to chat about? Uh, I was here to talk about uh, Dardoch and the uh, Dardoch narrative. The Dardoch narrative. Okay, what about it? I'm excited. Uh, I just feel like 
Dardock has gotten done like in sort of like the public perception. Sorry. It's yeah. like oh, Yeah, sorry. Was I too quiet? Yeah, no, 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 it's, we it's lost, fine. yeah, we yeah. lost you for a moment. Yeah, there. you said you said Dardock's done the public perception that we didn't hear anything. Uh, I said I I felt like Dardock got done kind of dirty in the public perception. Mm. How so? Okay. And I feel that sort of relative to especially in like more conventional sports guy go in and he like has some like attitude problems uh especially someone is like i like i think dardock's like just the craziest player ever like i think he's such an insane talent especially for north america i just feel like i don't know i just feel like people were really quick to come to like really harsh judgments on him even beginning with just like his liquid days when did dardock join the league mark uh spring 2016 dom played the first game didn't like it dardock subbed in second game week one okay and so was the starter after that spring 2016 so spring summer mm-hmm. spring 2017 Spring or summer. Dash, is, Dash wants to know what teams he's been on during. No, no, no. I'm just saying that we've got you've got two years on at the professional level. Understanding these kids are young, but two years in a professional level of any other sport, people would be going so much harder on this kid. Are you kidding me? If he had attitude problems, if things are going the way they're going, if he's ripping teams apart and dragging them down and whatnot, and that's the uh, public uh, opinion, I truly think that he would be be trashed even harder. And I think rightfully so, um, because you're on a you have a platform. You've been gifted a platform and, you know, and a brand and a status um, and. And with that comes the expectation. Again, similar thing with Bjergsen. Bjergsen didn't live up to a lot of expectations as he was the rising star. He wouldn't be the guy he is that is getting the criticism now in week one, the criticism in week one, right, uh, that he's getting. Where his brand and his and his individuality, his like his persona is so great, has been built up to be what it is, that there's an expectation that goes along with it. Um also, I would just say that I'm pretty sure Dardock, not even pretty sure. I know Dardock plays into it. Um, well, he's he's he lo- actively he fighting it. against it now, right? Like, well, yes and no. I, again, that's what I mean by like that unifying that unifying thing where it's like they in that mic check. Hey, if we were that close, as close as TSM, we'd all be fist fighting right now. They're yeah. playing into it. That's true, um, but I think he says it sarcastically, right? Because with. Yeah. Uh, I feel like with the interviews that I've done of him so far, he is very much trying to assert like, yeah, I have uh, anger problems, but I'm like a good person. Uh, you can ask people, uh, you know, he's he's kind of said that across both of the interviews that I've done with him. And then even I think the Echo Fox president, uh, Jeffries, has said that, you know, like, yeah, they ha- some of these guys have issues in game, but they're all really good guys. So I, mm-hmm. I get that they're playing it a little bit, but I would push back a, a bit that he's like embracing it because I feel like he is at, at least whenever I talk, to him, I'm trying to recover some of that. Wait, can I just well, cut in for like half a second? Sure. Uh, all right, you can go, Mark. Uh, so, I was just gonna say the reason that people don't give him the benefit of the doubt when he says that stuff is because that's exactly what happened with the Mortals when they signed him to a three-year contract and they said they believe in him, and then it was so bad 
that they kicked him after yeah. one split. Wait, so I like, actually really want to address that. Okay. Because people bring that up a lot. And to Immortals, he thought he was going to be playing with Hooney. Thought he was going to be playing with one of the best top laners in the world. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care what you think. Yeah, that's so coming into the organization. That doesn't justify being a douche from to use crude language from that point forward. You're in a professional environment. This is what I mean. This is what I mean when there's. I don't. I recognize they're young. I recognize they're young, and I, uh, you know, I um. I empathize with that fact and I've done many stupid things in my life, but when you have a platform and when you are paid the amount that you're paid to do a job, understand this is a job. You sign a contract, just like I signed a contract to be a, a, a caster, just like I signed a contract to be a bartender, you know, way back in the day I show up and I do my job. Um, and so he may have had one expectation and may be things don't the chips don't fall the way you expect that doesn't give you carte blanche to just start acting the way you want and then use it and then excuse or justify it out later because of that thing um i'm with you if we were going as hard as we are uh six months into his career i'd say maybe we have an issue um it's been two and a half years and every team that he's gotten on uh, or has been on has either removed him has cited some kind of you know uh div you know issues when it comes to communication or teamwork and those kinds of things um it's a story that seems to be to some degree although i recognize uh travis's point in that like he does do his point in combating it but that's because i think that 100 percent toxicity isn't like is not necessarily a brand that's sustainable in pro sports but 80 percent tox toxicity I'm, again i'm using crude language is um, as long as you have those redeeming factors. Um, but I think even and so he's the toxicity, but I think even the toxicity is kind of overblown because if you look at Team Liquid, right? It's not. Well, I, let him finish his thought, Mark. Okay. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm not saying necessarily. And or at least from the pro side, what people intend when they say by it, but how people interpret it, because on Team Liquid, even Dom said the reason that or one of the reasons that he wanted to stop playing was because it was to work with Piglet. And then you go to, so I'm, I, I, you could go more into that and people underperforming and all this and that, but just that, I think people don't take that into account when they talk about his time on liquid. Then you go to immortals. He thought he was going to be playing with at least a mostly English. I'm going to chime team. in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is what's called mitigating factors. And like no situation is perfect. And he has had, almost universally regarded as the worst attitude since he has joined the league pretty much. So like every team has problems. Every team, if you want to look at their players and say like, Oh, I didn't like this and that, but why is he not held to a standard that like everyone else is in your mind? But that, to, like, but to my, my point there, I'm not look, oh, no, it's fine. Whether or not you look, I, I agree Mark with you that Dardock and, and dash that, even in shitty situations, you shouldn't act shitty because you're only making it worse. That's not a good situation. But what it can do is have spawn a bit of a conversation around when I interviewed Dardock this weekend, he said that in the past, he's always felt like an outsider joining every team um, because he comes in and he starts playing and then everybody's like, whoa, because his reputation has preceded him, which makes a lot of sense. But with Echo Fox, um, he doesn't feel that way. And what is interesting to me to see is 
if you take Imoyo's point, which is that he's not in been in ideal environments, and that that has been a contributing factor to his situation, I'm very curious if a different environment like Echo Fox, um, which he seems to feel differently about than the past teams he's on, is going to lead him to better success. I know and, it's and a bit of a tangent, but it's like instead of just focusing on how shitty he's been in the past, sort of looking at you know what, how do we get this guy out of this situation, I think is is an interesting. Well, so, so that's 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 fair. Like I don't think James or I want him to fail, or and like I've said no. multiple, I've always defended them as a person. I've always said Dardock is not a bad person, and like in that interview, I agree with that. Everything he said there, he has anger problems. He ha- he can't control his emotions. I've never said he's a bad teammate outside the game, and like talking like shitting on his teammates and like being manipulative or anything like that. I've, I've never, I've never said that. Um, but what I've always said, and I will maintain is that he is very articulate and he can express how these situations make him feel um, very well. And it makes it very relatable to people, but it never excuses it in my mind. Um, yeah. And so like I watched him, in in scrims before playoffs on bad champions and then complain about it to everyone like i i have personal experience watching this and and i don't think i've ever seen anyone do that and and then you know so like well, yeah, we, we can talk about this for an, an entire hour yeah, but i think I, like, like to- i said i want dardock to succeed i hold nothing against him but his reputation has been earned explicitly through his actions so here here let's thought. let's pu- uh, pivot the conversation to the way that we can wrap it up which is sure at what point do we all think, and I'm very curious about Moyo's opinion on this as well, do we all think that, like, Dardock has, uh, not not to steal a Tyler 1 meme, but when when is he reformed? When can we feel like he's reformed? Is it when he's on Echo Fox the whole year? Is it when we hear nothing but good things going into week 9 about how he's behaved? I'm just kind of curious on your guys' take on when. We were just talking about narratives for the analyst desk. At what mm-hmm. point in time do you guys feel you have to pivot that narrative? I would say, uh, you know, a combination of those things. Um, anytime that you want to have people redefine your perception of them, you need to prove it and not just in the good moments, but in the bad. So if Echo Fox is 18 and one and there's no complaints, that does less to, you know, sway my opinion than if they go 10 and eight and uh, everyone still says, no, he's been great, you know, and I, I'll take I'll take people's word for it. I mean, I haven't been as close to him as I had when he was on Team Liquid, and I I was relatively close to certain members on the other organizations. But, uh, you know, if if the people there say, no, he's great, then, like, I'll take their word for it. But two weeks is not enough, and I don't think, you know, I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. I might be a little tougher to convince than even Mark. I would say at least a split, uh, if not a full year. Um, and again, I, I draw a lot of con- comparisons and analogies to traditional sports, which is that like Dardock has a history on multiple organizations of not succeeding for a very specific, specific reason. So to Mark's point, the narrative is deserved. The current narrative, in my opinion, is very much deserved to combat that narrative, uh, to a two year built narrative. I don't think we can do that in two weeks. I think that's unfair to say, oh, uh, two, two weeks of good. You know, let's go ahead and forgive everything that was and pretend like it didn't happen and the world has changed. But with a level of consistency, hey, a split in Echo Fox finishes top four in the North American LCS, having lost a few times, but recovering and performing strong through the playoffs. Then, yeah, I think we should be coming in to the summer split or coming out of the spring split talking about how maybe the Dardock uh, issues, personality issues are a thing of the past. 
hundred percent. We should be willing to change the narrative, but the con- the historical context of this player to what is currently happening uh, doesn't match up in a way that allows me to, you know, to, to, to drop the storyline of this is a guy who's, who you got to handle with care. He's volatile and he could, I think he's one of the best junglers we got. And I'm with Mark. I want to see this guy succeed. His Zach has been one of the dirtiest things I've seen so far this split. Trust me. I want this guy to succeed. I also love that he's kind of a bad boy, you know, like we need more of those in the league. Oh yeah. We need double ifs. We need Dardocks. I want trash talkers. Like, I think that's a good thing. Just because you give a negative, a slightly negative persona or narrative to a player doesn't mean it's a bad thing, man. Work that brand, play that character. We need villains. We need villains. Let's go. If if he wants to shit talk everybody in the league and even like his own team to an extent, that's fine. It's just like behind the scenes when you have no reason to do that is, is I think what Uh, we're looking out for. I'm Moya. We'll, we'll get you, uh, we'll let you close out your call here. When, when do you think that you, I know you already feel like some of it is undeserved, but when would you say Dardock is, uh, reformed? Um, I think I would be very surprised if he had any issue this year on echo Fox. Now that he's with, uh, what's it? Jerry Jeffries. Who's the president of operate. Yeah. Now he's with Jared Jeffries. Now he's with people from a traditional sports infrastructure. Cool. So I, you think it would be fair, though, to wait till the end of the split to kind of like determine whether or not we should drop the narrative, though? Because just because he's in an org that you have confidence in doesn't mean they'll succeed in reforming him, right? Yeah. For sure. I, I wasn't talking about this from an like analyst desk perspective. Right. Okay. I was speaking from like an individual perspective. Just gotcha. Think- I'm not saying you guys should stop questioning his character or whatever oh. on the analyst desk, but I I was more referring to on Reddit and individuals that I interact right. with. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you're going to get that kind of shit just because that's the internet. And if people aren't Dardock fans, of course, they're going to perpetuate that narrative. But I, I'm I'm with you. So far, so good this season. He's on track to completely hack and slashing that narrative to the ground and building a new brand. Let's I'm see Leo, what it is. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And you spawned a and really, really good discussion. I was hoping we'd get a chance to yep. talk about Dardock this episode. So thanks. Thank you, man. Yeah. All right. Yep. Thank you much. Bye. Okay, we've uh, got 45 minutes or so, and we've only done about three callers so far. So, Because I'm the worst. Yeah. Can I run to the restroom while you pull someone in? Yeah, that, sure. there we go. Maybe All we'll right. get through a couple calls while you're in there. Well, yeah. Do that. Do that. <laughs> uh, my only final thing I'll say is most teams have had professional sports psychologists and people who have very good reputations for a large period of time. Um, just uh, just so people know, like most, most of these teams have had sports psychologists. Yeah. I am uh, I'm all alone now. Mark left me. But it's a great time to give a shout out to all the, the folks who are who've subbed. Thank you, Tyler K for three uh, fifty donations says hashtag get him dash all day air day has subbed. Stickman Stickmana L V has subbed. Scient uh, donated three dollars and sixteen cents. It says how much money do we have to donate to have Dash come back? Resist Umpulse has subbed. The real slimy slim Sammy has subbed and Mihaila has subbed. Uh, and then I, I would just say while we're waiting for Dash to get back, guys, callers come in. 
we're gonna sometimes disagree with them. Uh, the only and I I don't mind if people say like next or tease the callers and razz them in the call and the chat, but I'd I'd request that if the mods see anybody, you know, saying anything mean about the callers or using uh, angry language, that's that's when they probably get a timeout. Just want to have uh, a good time here. Also, seventy-seven hockey saying Dash is talking this much now because he doesn't get as much chance on the desk. Dash, Dash, this is how Dash is, dude. He's like the gift of gab, is what everyone. What was that? Isn't that what it's called for the Irish people yeah. who don't yeah. shut the shut up? Yeah. Mitchin mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. is on the show. Mitchin, where are you calling from? Uh, East Lansing, Michigan. Michigan. Okay, cool. What did you want to talk about? Uh, I kind of wanted to discuss. Um, ways to increase viewership for uh, NALCS beyond the product that is just like delivered on Saturdays and Sundays. Sure. So what's a couple examples that you have? Um, so the first example I have uh, actually can transition directly from the discussion that was just had with Dardock is uh, I think there needs to be uh, and by the way, you you do a great job with it, uh, putting out content throughout the week with uh, the interviews. I love it. Sure, thank you. I think there needs I think there needs to be more of that. Um, like it's established, maybe even um, kind of like the dive um, hour long broadcasts discussing various things within the league yeah. like um what you're talking about is called a uh, shoulder content uh that's what i think a lot of the, the terms that people use is it's you kind of have like the the prime thing and then you have all this content that kind of goes around it the shoulder content um, yeah, yeah but but i'm kind of surprised to hear sorry not to to cut in too much um but before you move on to the next one or the next thing that you'd like to see i'm surprised you feel that way because i just feel like there's so much content already this split where not only are they pinning out things like this or that and the dive and um, what is the docu series that just came to NALC? Oh, eyes on eyes on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I also oh, feel I like even heard about that. Yeah. I feel like that. Uh, if you stuff haven't seen the, the eyes on series, go watch it. Yeah. It's phenomenally. Well it's done. super, super okay. good. But then the, and I also keep I, up with the org content. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, um, I would org content has been to. really yeah. good this year. And then, yeah, and then I've, I've been got keeping up with that. I've got my uh, weird uh, content on my channel. So I'm, I'm surprised. I feel like on the shoulder content, we have that stuff. We have that stuff nailed down. Um, but, you know, I do, I do appreciate the idea that you'd like to see more of it. Uh, what other things would you like to see sort of increase the engagement for the broadcast? Um, I think that uh, more support for fantasy LCS to get people like actually invested in players and watching games live uh, would be huge. I think uh, been around for like, I think it's the third season now. And I, at least to me, it feels like support for fantasy LCS has dwindled. I don't, I don't think it even gets hardly mentioned 
uh, like on broadcast, except in maybe passing. Yeah, Mitchin uh, raises an interesting point. Mark and Dash, as you guys are looking at revisiting the ways that you do the analyst desk, I know World's one of the fun things that you guys have is you show off like people's brackets and predictions and all that stuff and kind of compare them. Uh, is this something that you guys have thought about bringing back as, as you guys are showing off predictions is kind of like fantasy teams are talking at all about that? Or where do you see the place for that? Cause it used to be part of PTL, I think right back in the day. So, yeah. So at the inception of fantasy, there were a couple or one or two fantasy segments that were tied into PTL and the like. Um, I, I can't talk too much about, I can't talk too much about fantasy from, the standpoint of like, I, I just don't work on that product. Um, so I can only kind of get my opinion. I can't tell you like what's planned or anything like that, but I can tell you that I know fantasy has struggled, but in large part due to, because of, due to the changes that the NALCS has incurred over the years, right? If fantasy was incepted during best of ones, and then we changed the league to best of threes and fantasy didn't necessarily get updated to deal with that. And so a lot of resources were kind of right when when all of a sudden we're changing the league, which is the more important thing is to make sure the league works. We focus on that. We didn't necessarily bring. So now we're going back to best of ones. I think there may be you know, some focus put back on, on fantasy. I, I personally love fantasy sports. I play fantasy football. I have certain issues with fantasy league of legends, which are related to the fact that there's no determined game length. Um, but I don't think I know for one, the NALCS broadcast is not the place to talk about fantasy um, in terms of the live broadcast, mm. like yeah. on the day, right? Because that's, it's, it's just like, it's not, it's not necessarily relevant to that I, game itself. To I, I totally agree with that. Like, just like uh, fantasy football, it, it's not something that gets They're not talking during, about that during the, during the day. It is, it is something that is uh, discussed in segments leading up to uh, game kickoff. Right. But I'm with you on, hey, I want to see more league content because I always want to see more mm. league content. I, I do follow Travis where I'm like, hey, there's a shit ton of content this year. And if you... It might just be that you're not finding all of it, which is totally fair because there's so much of it between 10 teams in NA, 10 teams in EU, plus Riot's production, plus all third party with ESPN, Travis, uh, the score, all no, these no, kinds of places. Right? Just third party, Travis. Just yes. third party of yeah. Travis, yeah. right? So between all of that, there's so much content. So one, I would just say, hey, double check yourself. Make sure you're catching it all. Number two, I'm with you. I would love to see more of it. Um, number three. We're working on it. Um, again, a lot of that, a lot, a, a lot of that comes from the prioritization uh, uh, of how we de delegate resources. Mitchin, and again, the, the first priority is the league. Mitchin, we you franchising. Uh, sorry, Dash. Go, go, go. Uh, Mitchin, do you check? I'm actually quite curious about this. Do you check Reddit? Yeah, yeah, daily. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that goes up on there, so that's why I was. Uh, well, do you um do you sub to YouTube channels? often uh yeah i'm sub to travis i'm sub to you by the way i'm still waiting on that blame game for the analyst desk uh i can that i have, i put it up i put my script up on patreon because i uh, i couldn't get a good as i said in, in one of my tweets i couldn't get a good compromise between brevity and insight whereas like if mm. i wanted to say everything i want to say make have it make sense i need to sounds have, like, like you just can't defend script. your hatred of bjergsen 
That's what yeah. it is, man. Yeah. You yeah. pinpointed it to the T. Yeah. Totally unfounded. No, I'm, I'm with you in that uh, I would love to see more content happen. More content will come. And hey, as the sport grows and people with interest like yourself decide that, hey, that's something that they want to produce themselves, more will flood the market. Um, I think from from Riot's standpoint is so much of our focus is quality over quantity. Um, and making sure that when we release something, it's something that we're proud of and that can sustain. Um, again, an exa- I'll use a, a painful personal example. All chat. It is not. A, it is not around anymore. The, a lot of resources went into that. We spent a long time workshopping and planning and going through that, and then we went into it. We didn't execute as well as we thought. We took another hit, like another round, another go at it the next year with another round of funding. Still didn't necessarily hit the mark for what we thought our goals were. And so we canned it. We happily canned it saying this wasn't good enough for what we wanted to be. And let's refocus and re- reapply the resources. So again, like I think uh, more of those shows will come uh, but we're just making sure that we're doing the due diligence that when we present them to you for the first time, you're like, yes, this is a thing that I want to see stick around for 5, 10, 15 years um, and isn't going to get canned and redone next year. Mitch, and thank you so much for your call. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, Thank you, dude. Peace. Trying to see if there's anybody else uh, that I need to to bring in. Thank you, chat. You were much more polite to, to that individual. That's what I all the pre- press F to pay respects to Josh, my roommate. He's, he's, <laughs> Rip. he's, he's in such a sad place now. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. Kai is on the show. How's it going, Kai? Hey, Travis. I met you at finals last year. If, uh, if you remember me, I remember you, Kai. You were that <laughs> individual that came up and said those nice said things to me about my content. And uh, you were really polite. Precisely. Yes. What did you want to talk yeah. or where are you calling from? Um, I'm in Connecticut right now. Connecticut. Mm, uh, yeah. What did you <laughs> Dash just growled at you? I don't I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, <laughs> just north of New York. Just you, how I like it. Yeah, you oh really God. got him excited Real about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's I'm, I'm getting it's a good. Good thing. The show is wrapping in about 40 or so minutes because I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Dash is losing it as the show goes on. What did you want to talk about? Um, so I wanted to talk about like CLG's current position right now and what I have like summed up their weaknesses to and how I think they can improve as the split goes on to go back towards, uh, above, uh, fifth place and like playoff contending team. Cool. Okay. Tell us what CLG needs to do to fix them themselves. Okay. So a little backstory. I've been a CLG fan since around 2016 MSI. So back when they made are or were arguably the best that they've ever been i'm pretty sure so you banned um, uh, <laughs> okay continue, <laughs> continue on. <laughs> like i just started watching esports then so oh, okay I, okay that's fair. i get yeah maybe i whatever yeah. anyway um so one of the core strengths that have been identified uh for clg over the past like ever i'm pretty sure is you know they mostly put their focus on teamwork and a lot of that obviously went to Afro Moo. And it was really weird because after like the initial discussion of Afro leading uh CLG, I didn't see too much more talk about it. I I like I saw some obviously, but like not as much as I'd expect. And I think the loss of Afro Moo is actually like really hurting CLG in terms of communication and just overall shot calling. Cause I think currently the uh each member of CLG is individually trying to step up and 
help fill some of Aphromoo's shoes, and it's not working too well. Uh, there's a certain couple plays that you could see in almost all their games where it just seems like they're completely out of cohesion. Like there's this one play in the game versus Clutch where Rainover goes for, I think he was trying to de-ward or invade or messing in the enemy jungle somehow. And he just gets completely caught out. And then who he tries to go over there and save him. I think he gets out, but he might've died. I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, just plays like that over and over again. It just seems like they're not all on one page. I think uh, what's even more damning than that play, I think J uh, James probably remembers this, is like there was a point where after Golden Guardians had thrown and CLG was like back ahead and they were 1-3-1-ing, all three lanes were like super far pushed up and like Rainover was doing Gromp, not near any of them. And it was just like <laughs> yeah. so clearly on different pages. Dude, of this. It's like the most solo queue moment. Like Honestly. ever when you see your when you see any any it should not even isolate the jungler when you see any player doing a jungle camp at like thirty As something minutes when you're trying to push down an inhib turret or something. Um, I agree with you. Uh, teamwork was always the identity of that team. This actually ties into that earlier question of like when do identities change? And hey, maybe this split is where CLG's identity changes because we came in saying they were the teamwork team. Aphromoo's gone. That's who we attribute a lot of that to. But Rainover has come in. And that's kind of been the storyline that we've been focusing on is he's supposed to be the one that's supposed to have all this macro knowledge and understanding and be able to help lead the team along with, say, hey, it's people like Huhi and Biofrost, actually, who the org's been vocal about saying that he's actually a better communicator than TSM let on. That's kind of been our focus is can these guys now, you know, reconstruct the old CLG that was attributed, as you said, to Aphromoo and the ability to play super well as five. Not the case so far, as we've seen. Uh, One of the things I said in the preseason was that CLG was never a team about individual upgrades and being mechanically better than like they have good players for sure, but they were never like the team that was about that. And it was weird to see them going for individual upgrades where it's like, one of the big complaints about Rainover at Team Liquid that they had was that he actually wasn't that vocal and he wasn't a leader. And then he's coming into a team that just lost its leader. And Biofrost uh, is a mechanical upgrade over Afro, but uh, he was just on a team saying that they didn't think he's, he uh, communicated enough. And it was like, I think a lot of people kind of buy into CLG as, as who they are as an organization. And I think even at this point, a lot of people are holding out for them to turn it around. But those are really big concerns because those are those are harder to fix than than just like, ah, yeah, I mean, we just got to figure out how we all communicate. It's like you, you ended up with a bunch of players who were not filling the shoes of the people you were replacing. I need to come up with a segment that's just called the 60 second switch because I, I want to while we're on the topic of CLG, but without taking more than 60 seconds. Do you guys think Rainover is just bad without Hooney? Because this is a theory that I've started to get. Is that like <laughs> I just went, I looked immediately to see what Mark's reaction? Because I uh. I am I am starting to worry that this is the case because I I thought about it again when Rainover and Hooney both told me that they wanted to play again together, and before the start of the split, Hooney was joking with me in an interview about like. Oh, Rainover need, wanted to play with me again because he knows that he needs me. I'm actually starting to wonder, like, wait, does Rainover actually need Hooney? Well, I mean, he wasn't so hot in Korea before he came to Europe with him. And then he was great in Europe and NA with him. And now he's not with him in NA. Things haven't been going well. And Dardoch just joined up with him. And hey, Dardoch's having a career year resurgence. Yeah. 
Weird. Again, correlation, not necessarily causation, but at a certain point, you got to start looking at it to say, okay, is this the only variable that's consistent, uh, you know, across all three samplings of data? And it's starting to look that way. Again, I think that it is very fair right now to be criticizing Rainover. Again, one of one of the bigger prospects when it comes to free agency. We knew that CLG wanted this guy even a year earlier, couldn't necessarily lock him down. Now they've got him. A lot of teams had, you know, been talking about how much he could change the roster just by his game knowledge and his jungle, his understanding of jungle pathing. And then, hey, none of it's none of it's come to fruition. So <laughs> Uh, so just to wrap up the, the conversation, Kai, I think you identified that CLG, you said in the past, their strength was based on, um, you know, sort of the strength of their team as a whole. Now they seem to be lacking that. Do you have a solution? How does CLG fix this? Um, well, building into that, like you said, um, they needed, I guess this might be the split where CLG changes identity. And it's going to be really hard because they don't have the strongest soul lingers. You won't really see like, Darshan randomly solo killing. I mean, even that game where he was on Vlad versus the GP and he got a massive lead top, you didn't see a solo kill there. I think he did solo kill him. He did? Yeah, there was a play where the rest of his team was getting killed in the bot lane, so I think people missed it, but I'm pretty sure he solo killed the GP in that situation. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I remember what you're talking about now. Yep. It was, okay. it was pretty comical. Well, but your uh, point remains that like Darshan yes. alone, yeah, they're, they're not the super, yeah, they're not like the strongest solo laners. I think one of the games who he got soloed by Jensen versus C9, and that was a big shock. I think that was more he was caught off by the Cillian mid. I don't think they probably were too used to that, but um, a lot of which is what I saw is like I guess a chicken with no head in terms of shot calling. Uh, you probably saw the or you of course saw the feminine pentakill versus them where it just looked like they were all running into Vince's yeah. ear and getting absolutely wiped so just in terms of shot calling they just seem so lost and it's really hindering their ability to prove that they're good players and i think a lot of people don't understand that when just looking at the team from like uh so I your guess, uh, your solution value I think you just reiterated the problem, but it sounds like yeah, you just think yeah. that the solution is to fix their shot calling issue. Yeah, if they can find, um, if they can get like proper filling for uh, the spot that Afro had on the team, I think that they can get back to being a pretty top tier team. Yeah. And if not, then change their style in a way that benefits less communication, but uh, trades it off for something else and, and- just as important. And to be fair, uh, all those guys are pretty low, like ego guys. Like none of them yeah. have a reputation. And then Tony's a good coach, so they have all the, the like the, the right setting to make those changes and improve. Well, Kai, yeah, I don't think you're gonna yeah. get too much of an argument for uh, from any of us on on that idea. So now we're all with you. Yeah. Either way, thanks <laughs> cool. for calling in. Uh, hopefully, uh, CLG picks up. Otherwise, it might be time for you to, to find a new team. Nah, I sealed you for life, baby. Okay, there we go. There we go. Thanks. I like it. Fandom. Yeah. Peace out, man. Cool. Uh, let's see. Anyone else? Uh, uh, Ape Games YouTube has subbed. Uh, Resist Impulse is trying to figure out how to get into the sub uh, status on Discord. You know, it just takes uh, Twitch and Discord syncing to, to make it happen. So hopefully it happens soon um, and we can get it get it going. Uh, looks like we've got... <laughs> <laughs> Tubgoat69 yeah. on the show. Tubgoat69, where are you calling from? Uh, I assume you said where are you calling from. You cut out. Sorry. I'm yeah. from 
Uh, Orlando, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Great. And what did you want to talk about on the show? Um, I had more like desk related questions again. I'll keep it, you know, relatively quick so you can get more people in here. Um, but basically, uh, I was wondering if you guys kind of like had an idea or because in traditional sports, you have mostly professional, you know, they're aimed for professionalism at the desk. But, in, you know, in league, you kind of throw some some good hot memes in there every once in a while. So I was wondering if you guys were, you know, what you would rather prefer. A completely professional desk, or you want to like joke around all the time? Or I'm I'm going to predict somebody here is about to say reference that inside the NBA show with Shaq and everybody because I I don't think there's any way for people to talk about this topic without referencing that show, even though I don't watch it. Mark yeah, is so right. excited about your awesome. question tub that he uh, got up and got left. Up and left. Yeah, but uh, I just knew Dash would answer. Thanks. Um, Thanks, Mark. is that? Do you have any? Anything else you want to add, or you want me to answer that now? I mean, I mean, I have a few other points to go at, but if you want to. Okay. Uh, I think it is an individual, uh, like it would be individual to each person on the desk. So I'd be curious to know what <laughs> Mark's preferences. Uh, I will always lean slightly more professional. Uh, yeah, no, but I, that I, is, I, I was, that's, yeah, that was one of my other points. Sorry to cut you off. Is like you are pretty much the most professional casters, what I do, analysts is what I would think. Yeah. And I think that's twofold. I think one, it's personal preference. Like uh, when I, I, that is just the more the show that I would want to watch. So obviously I'm going to do it more that way. Uh, but then is to, and then more importantly though, it is due to my role as the host, right? Which is yeah. like, I have to keep the show moving and I do have to do my best in a lot of cases to make sure we're hitting multiple sides of the story or whatever. Um, but that said, there's always a time for a meme, right? I mean, we oh, did yeah, the, absolutely. we did the league of stopwatches thing on the desk oh, yeah. this weekend, Classic. just because, you know, we have to meme ourselves at a certain point <laughs> when it's that absurd. Oh, yeah. Um, and moving on, what are your thoughts about, I mean, maybe doing the uh, pick and ban phase at the analyst desk rather than throwing it over to the uh, casters for that? It's been discussed um, and it's still on the table. Um, there hasn't necessarily been a decision made regarding, uh, yes, we're going to do it and we're going to do it on this day. Would, would you say it's um, on the table but not on the desk? There you good. go. Really Nicely good. done, Travis. Well it's on the table, but not on the desk. Um, no, 100%. We have considered it. I think um, there's a couple like there's a couple things that go along with that, which is if the analyst desk is building points around champion select and then handing it to the people that are charged with for the next X number of minutes telling mm -hmm. the story. What happens if we set up a story they don't necessarily want to tell or wasn't in their plan then they or have approach to, tell it. to the cast? Now they have to okay. tell it, right? And so sometimes those things can conflict. Now, ideally, we're not all so misaligned that, no, say, yeah. you know, that if I say one thing, the casters are like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. That's make like, him, the, make you him know, tell it, Dash. God damn, now I got to talk about that and justify that dumb statement he just made? No, obviously, it's never that that's it never goes that far but like again let's say we're looking at champ select and what jat and mark find really interesting is the interaction of trades for bot lane supports uh but really what Azale and pastry are looking at is the top lane matchup but we we spend the whole time talking about pinching of those things but bon, we toss it to them and they're like uh well what do we do now do we support their story or do we just say forget everything you just heard and listen to this and so it's something we're talking about it's something that i know we'd like to try it's just a matter of execution how do we do it in a way that we think yep. um w w would make it so you'd be like yes do that again because there was there was it was worthwhile 
No, yeah, I agree. I feel like it'd be really cool to watch or maybe even just see it happen one time, see how that goes. But yeah. And to the win conditions point, I think if we were going to do that, then we would probably like try and hold win conditions and say, hey, now that you've seen champs like now let's hear win conditions. And we would obviously edit based on, you know, the changing, you know, landscape uh, of the narrative. But um, but yeah, it is something we're looking at, Mark. We're talking about doing uh, champs like for analyst. That's something we're looking at but not necessarily something we're a hundred percent doing on this day or that day. We got to figure out how we do it and do it well. Nope. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely the case. What you, what we say about the memes pro memes. Yeah. Oh, I said, I obviously index more professional, but it's individual, right? So like I'm the one that's part because of my role as the host is I need to be a little bit more locked yeah. in and professional, but I'm going to try and meme it up a little bit more. Like oh, yeah. if people Absolutely. saw the cheeseburger shit from a world's plans, like I want to, <laughs> You know, not do that all the time, but stuff and like that. Acapella uh, singing. Don't forget. Yeah, that wasn't a meme, dude. That was that was me singing. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry, man. Sorry to offend yeah. you. Um, another, you know, I don't know, point to talk L- about. Last one. Do you get- all right. So oh, sorry. I'll keep it quick. Do you guys take a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know, inspiration, I guess, from, you know, conventional sports desks like my dad. He's a commentator for the Golf Channel and he sometimes watches it or watches LCS when I have it on. And he he's really impressed with how professional and everything and how you know good it looks and everything. Wondering if you guys take some. Uh, we'll pass our thank yous along to your father. And any notes? <laughs> oh, yeah, and and no, and in all seriousness, shit. No, yeah. Having some long. Um, yes, we definitely do. Uh, again, uh, Travis said at, right there at the beginning, it's impossible to get through a conversation about the analyst test without probably comparing it to inside the NBA because I think for most of us, we look at that mm-hmm. as one of the more successful desks in yep. analyst desks in traditional sports, um, in terms of the identity and the fun and the banter and the interactions between the personalities on the desk. That's a lot of what we want to strive for. So we definitely do look into them but we also challenge ourselves to hold on to what is uniquely esports again meme culture is our culture that's not tradition that's not as much traditional sports culture i mean that's internet culture that was born out of the internet and it has extended to traditional sports yes we meme traditional sports players constantly but like let's be real that's for those of us who were on the internet and playing games well before (laughs) any of these, you know, people grabbed a hold of memes. And so that is why we go, I think that extra step, April fools, we do crazy, you know, broadcasts every once in a while. Like we will definitely look to do that kind of stuff because we want to hold on to what makes us uniquely gamers. I just like it when dash pulls out his gun. (laughs) He's just got this move. That's like, I want to go to you, you know, it's just like straight. Yeah. You want someone to like make a Photoshop thing where like Dash keeps shooting his analysts? Yeah, I talk by I talk, with my, I, I talk with my hands a lot. Yeah. Uh, Tub, uh, thank it's, you so much yeah. for for coming on the show, uh, Mark. Bef- so Sorry, what's that? I said it's been an honor. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you dude. And, and uh, tell your dad to keep watching LCS. We yeah, need we, we need an older say, Um I was gonna say. I I just wanted to address something with Dash really quickly while I was thinking about it. Uh, Dash, I don't know how comfortable you are talking about this, but I thought it was really cool that you talked about the CSGO win from Cloud9 at mm. the Major this past weekend. I think a lot of people, you know, there uh, there's a lot of people outside of the League of Legends fan base in esports that I think feels as though right is is super competitive and and i very much disagree with this but like out to get other esports and so i think it was probably surprising for a lot of people who who saw 
like a call out to an event that's happening on another stream at that moment. Do you, I'm just kind of curious if you have a backstory behind how that happened. And I saw, I think Mark was the one that tweeted that all the analysts at, at desk was also watching the CSGO major while that was happening. So mm-hmm. any, any kind of backstory, I think is kind of fun to hear about that. I mean, I think the backstory, well, so first of all, just the point, which is like the, the kind of the, um, God, what right, the stereotype right. that right, yeah, the stereotype that right is that we're we're a cautious company, and I think that that's, uh, I don't think that the I don't think that the opinion of people is necessarily unfair. I do think we're a more cautious company than others in some cases in terms of like how and where do we engage with certain conversations, um, but whenever I'm in a meeting or a conversation at Riot when it comes to esports uh, and talking to esports leadership and what, you know, the direction of esports and what is a, what is a, a good, you know, a good image or picture of esports in the future, it involves more than just us. A healthy esports landscape is not just League of Legends. Um, if it's just us, then something's gone terribly, terribly wrong. And so um, absolutely when one's, esports exceeds so do we um but with that our caution like that that idea of being cautionary um that's where we ask ourselves is it relevant to the moment um and so the backstory there is as an example if 100 thieves had uh, had won we we weren't going to make that announcement there because uh, it was it didn't feel proper to come out of a c9 loss to 100 thieves and immediately say hey I know 100 Thieves just won, but like, let's talk about the C9 CSGO team in this, you know, um, if it was an org that was North American, but wasn't in league, we also probably would not have made a mention of it, right? Because it doesn't necessarily pertain to our viewers. And that's our biggest responsibility is to our viewers uh, before everyone else. And so again, because a few things lined up and were happily married and that it was C9, it was the first NA team winning a major. And, it, you know, it was like, a, it's a big story and it was coming off of their game. It, it ended up being a no brainer. So I think it was ultimately an easier decision than maybe the community thought it was for us to make. But we were like, why the hell not would we celebrate yeah, all the stars kind one of, of our orgs, situation. you know, doing this if following the C9 game. And yes, we were 100% watching on Mark's phone, actually. On the analyst desk, we had the uh, the game up on the monitors, like on the big monitors, and Mark and I were hunched over the desk, just staring at his phone, watching that overtime, and we were losing our shit. Yeah, like literally screaming, like when they tied up the first OT, and so nuts. Yeah, so nuts. Such a good series. What's interesting, and this doesn't really have any relevance to what we were just talking about, was I was checking like the viewership between the two games as this fluctuated, and it's cool that like, um there are fans of both games so like you know obviously that is one of the biggest things going on in the csgo calendar year they had like a million people on the channel uh, and we were at i think around 160 when that was going on and then immediately after the major ended they dropped down to like 400,000 if people like watching kind of like the analyst desk wrap up and stuff and we went up to around 190 <laughs> which is like you know 30,000 people stopped watching the CS:GO major and moved over to this. It's like esports fans are fans of multiple games and so like you can kind of service both Riot viewers and understand that they're probably watching other stuff too. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. All right, next caller. Uh if you want to grab a mark. Oh yeah, sorry. No, no, it's cool. I just think I thought it was cool. Uh Korea 2NA has subbed games with Charlie Rose has subbed. Hyunmin has subbed as well. And then Justin P14 donated $10 and said, Hey, Travis and Mark, just want to thank you for the show. It's been great to watch during my downtime at work. Keep up the great work and much love. Love you too, Dash, LOL. 
I don't know why they ended it with a love you two dash LOL, but you know, uh, clearly he doesn't love you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Peebling. How do you pronounce that Peebling? Uh, it's just P. Ebeling or Patrick. Patrick. All right. We'll go with Patrick. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, but uh, shout out to Mark. I actually grew up around Boston. Hey, wh- where? what town? Uh, Marlboro and Sterling. Uh, okay. so outside of Worcester. More yeah, I was, I was Needham. Towns. My mom was, was from Worcester, so she has that awful R <laughs> accent. Patrick, uh, what did you want to talk about on the show today? Um, I think that TS or Team Liquid has clear weaknesses, and they look good right now. But they will have uh, more issues once, like more of the teams kind of develop synergy, and and I I feel like you know start to develop. What are the clear weaknesses? Just out of curiosity. Um, I think that if you look across um, the map in terms of their players, I think that their big issue that they're going to encounter is that they can really only play through bot lane, and that's going to conflict in terms of how Ole plays as a support player and how IMT kind of functioned previously. Um, I was actually going back and looking through IMT's games, and if you kind of look how they operated, Ole and Xmithy would roam uh, together and get top lane fed, and this is kind of conflicting how with how Doublelift wants to play um, and how Liquid kind of needs to play like going forward. Um, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how Ole adapts to that. Um, whether he adapts to mo- to a more like lane dominant style, um, which is only kind of concerning because he seemed to have champion pool issues like during the ardent meta um, and during you know other periods of time like with that. So Patrick, are um, you? Oh, sorry, finish your thought. Oh, I was just going to say the other issue with it is too is Flame was also the main carry with a Cody sent occasionally popping off. Um, so they were like more lane dominant during that top lane carry meta, and I think that impact has issues uh, that were present. And, you know, Cloud9 brought in Ray because he couldn't play carry champions. So it'll be interesting to kind of see, like, I guess how the team fixes those issues later on, because I think right now it's fine because they just have more pre-built synergy compared to these other teams. But I think going forward as other teams develop better macro and fit better together, I think there's going to be problems. I have uh, two thoughts on this. One, I I just want to make sure Patrick is aware of the Shake Shack prophecy. (laughs) <laughs> no one I, cares about this dude only you care it's gonna come to fruition and i'll be right <laughs> james you don't know about this do you? I, I don't I okay don't, shake shack prophecy goes like this i'll say it really really quickly oh, went yeah. to shake shack with ole and double lift uh ole's first time at shake shack double lift ordered for him they come outside sit down and gra- with the food and ole realizes double lift did not order him fries he wanted fries and then oh. And then Ole, for the rest of the meal, kept bringing up the fact that he didn't double if didn't order him fries. I think it's a sign of communication issues and synergy issues to come. Yeah, we will see. Done, I've been they're surprised done, by the first couple of weeks, but I still think it's going to pop up. And Patrick uh, seems to agree with me. Yeah, Mark, quote me. They're done, Zed. Mark, go right, so, feel free to use the Shake Shack prophecy on the analyst desk if you need. Mark, I will go for it. Okay, I was going to say. One, I agree that like this team cannot be the same team that Immortals was last year. They they like. I think they have to play different and I think they've done a good job of doing that for the most part. Um, but it's going to be, you know, a process where you, that they're going to have to be able to pull this off with the course of the whole split and playoffs and especially best of fives. Um, but what's interesting is I would argue that this is one of the worst metas for this team because top lane tanks are not strong. You see a lot of bruisers and carries up there. The bot lane is about as unvolatile as you can make it with double targons and, overheal and all this garbage 
sustain in the bot hopefully lane. Hopefully gone soon. Hopefully gone soon. <laughs> so what I would argue is uh, that this is a bad meta for Team Liquid right now uh, on paper. Maybe not necessarily um, given that the whole other all the other teams don't have as much pre-built synergy and whatnot. But uh, it is, at least in my mind, not a good meta for them, but they're doing all right in it. I agree. I think that um, part of that is due to the fact that they have really good map play mm -hmm. already um, compared to like a lot of other teams. I think the only other two teams really right now that are contesting that them with that would be Echo Fox and maybe 100 Thieves. Um, I just think like going forward, there might be issues because unless Impact is looking like playoff impact, like towards the end of the split, I think that they're going to have uh, more issues with like they're going to have issues against like the top. I guess I would say two or three teams. I still think they'll be good. Like, I'm not saying that they're not going to be, you know, a top four team. I just think that they're going to struggle more than I think a lot of people are prophesizing at this point in time. Um, and I just think that, you know, compared to, I mean, if, if you just even look at to like IMT last season, um, you know, during, you know, the meta when it wasn't really toppling as, as toppling focused as it was, um, they didn't look nearly as good. Um, and again, like I know I'm making comparisons of two completely different teams and two completely different organizations, but um, you just kind of like that's that's all we have really to go off of other than, you know, the first four games of the split, which since it's best of one, we really don't have a lot of data to go off of from that. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on uh, the bot lane issue with TL, which is just that any team, in my opinion, that has double lift, I think has to be worried about falling into a pattern where they live and die by the bot lane. Um, so that that's probably my largest concern for that squad going forward. But I, I agree a lot with uh, with a lot of what Mark said in terms of uh, they got a three and one scoreline in a meta that most people would say shouldn't suit them. And at a time in the split when most people weren't expecting them to necessarily work as well as they already are, it seems. Um, and so so far, evidence is kind of countering a lot of what I've had to say, although you point to the three games they've won and double lift has been performing or ahead in most of them or at least taking care of in a lot of them their one loss they got kind of dumpstered or focused in the bot lane so i do think that that i think that concern is the one i latch on to the most is the bot lane concern for tl just in terms of the focus and and the way they play the game um do you guys have any concern over like ole like in terms of like i guess adapting to a more lane dominant style because i mean he really excelled again when he was roaming um you know and, and getting ahead in you know top lane or mid or just you know helping ward out with xsmithy so i'm just really curious like how that's going to function um considering that that's like can i reframe that question to mark because mark <laughs> i remember on one of your win conditions you had said that for team liquid it was going to be smithy and smithy and ole right jungle support synergy was going to be how they would win games so you're it's kind of aligning with his question like has your perception changed since you made that, you know, win condition? Granted, it was a matchup specific win condition, but like, what's your opinion on that jungle support duo? It's hard to say because the the champ pool complaints or concerns came about because of worlds, and um, it was it's hard to translate that to the North American stage because one, you're not bot laning with Cody Sun anymore. So if the meta forces you to play a protect your AD carry, you're protecting a better AD carry. Yeah. Um, and two, you're not playing at Worlds. You're not playing Fnatic and uh, oh my god, I can't remember the Korean team. Longju, you're not playing those guys. You're playing worse teams. So 
will this be a concern on the international stage if the meta ends up with passive supports again? Absolutely. Is it a North American concern now that you have double lift? I don't know. I, I would say probably not. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they kind of similarly have like the same issue that I guess TSM kind of had last the past couple splits is which is where they dominated NA just due to the fact that they had, you know, superior players for the most part. And obviously, like there's differences like IMT doesn't have Bjergsen um, or I, I would say even Hotzer to some extent. I think Hotzer and Impact are pretty comparable, but it's depending upon what time frame you're comparing them um, throughout the season. So I think it'll just be. I don't know. I'm just interested to see like how this team adapts. I just think that they they're probably going to have issues towards the middle of the split. Again, as I said, I, I still think they'll end up, you know, top three or four. I just think it's, you know, they're, they're going to have to resolve some of these problems. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the team struggle. But to me, they're the NA super team. Right. So now they got to yeah. live up to the name. Seems like Echo Fox is the NA super team. <laughs> Patrick, thank you so much for calling in. Yep. Thank you. Okay, we've got a couple more people here in just a moment. We should be wrapping up uh, any minute. Con, Con. Uh, normally Mark pulls people, but I pulled you uh, because I Wait, saw I... what? No, you didn't. I did. I put. I put him Travis in the waiting room. Trying to, trying to take credit for. That. I put. I put uh, him... This is the weirdest attention oh. grab I've ever seen. No, I definitely put him in the waiting room. I I did because I saw his his. What did he say? Oh, I thought you meant pull, pulled right now. No, I was no, like, no. what? <laughs> no, no. I put him in the waiting room. He's a Twitch sub, uh, but I I enjoyed his uh, his comment. Con, have you been on the? You you were on the show before, but remind me he where you're calling sub, from. I'm pretty sure, isn't he? I am. F- from Idaho, the Washington border yes. area by Spokane. Yeah. And okay. you've been on three times? Just to- This is my third time. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. All right. So you have, uh, I saw what you want to talk about. You have, you have uh, so a reckoning, I think, to, to bring to the show. All right. Well, it's going to leave Stash out, but I'll, I'll fill them in. So the first time I was on, I was talking about how I thought Echo Fox was going to be a top team and especially Travis, Travis, especially uh, Mark a little bit was just laughing at a lot of people in the beginning that the notion that Echo Fox could be a good team because they had so many people there that just felt like, like the team was destined to just, Okay, did I laugh at, okay. Did I laugh at saying they could be a good team or did, I think you, you probably said that they were going to be like the best team, right? At the top. Yeah. I say up there with TL. Yes. Yes. And so I I think I I remember some jokes about like Echo Fox TL final. I think I remember some jokes like that from Travis. Yeah, I, don't know. I also said at the time I said TSM wouldn't make any finals and they didn't miss Worlds this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you I remember you uh, you drove a lot of traffic to my YouTube channel. Uh, oh, thank, thank cool. you for that. I appreciate that. I think that was more what we made fun of. But yes, you did predict uh, the Echo Fox thing. Yeah, well, I was also piggybacking off of a guy right before me who said Echo Fox is going to be really good, too. So, yeah. So you're the um, first guy that bought into Foxcoin, is yeah. what I'm hearing. All right. Yeah, so, I guess I did. He was an early adopter for sure. <laughs> so here you are now. So what uh what what do you say about all this stuff uh so far? Or what how do you feel right now? Well, one, I'm feeling pretty good about the my you know prediction. I think what you're seeing I think a lot of it is meta a little bit though. But I think the reason why Fox is doing so well is just because they have strong mid and top laners in this meta. And their bot lane with Adrian and Apollo are just really good at just not losing lane. 
Yeah, so I, I would agree to the extent the same way I just said that, like, the meta was bad for TL. It's very much the same way it's good for Immortals, or excuse me, uh, Echo Fox, where um, it's a lot of carries in the top lane, which are pretty viable. Um, Huni can smash other carries and carry versus carry matchups or can take GP or whatever. Uh, Phoenix is, is, I would say, just a solid laner all around. So I don't, I don't think he's too meta dependent. And then the bot lane is one that, like you said, does very well. They don't lose too hard sometimes they win uh, and it's a pretty v- stable bot lane so you, I think you can you play said you very top side he said apollo What's that? he said apollo twitch i said, vol- I said volatile maybe i misspoke oh. I, I i'll take adrian yeah i'll take adrian not very volatile i think is what i was yeah. trying to say might have um but either way jungler can stay top side for the most part i'd be interested to see dardox jungle proximity to his bot lane um and the thing is in this meta you won't get punished that hard so We'll, we'll see uh, if things change. And of course, the attitude is is that, like I said, that's still kind of catch all for why you can be like, oh, I don't think they'll be good because at some point they're going to kill each other, which I don't I don't know. Well, I think at this point, I do think there's a little bit I, I you know, I know Travis kind of mocked the idea that somebody like a Rick Fox or professional, like somebody who's been in sports could help change Dardock's attitude at that time. But I do I, think having that in there helps. And I, I think Travis also I don't think that people too. were mocking the idea that a sports psychologist could help Dardock. I think what, and I don't know if this is specifically what Travis was talking about, but it's definitely what I've been talking about, is that he's had sports psychologists in sports like figures. I, oh, no, I agree with you 100%. Okay. I think okay. what I said was, I don't think Rick Fox is involved in the day-to-day of the team. Uh, and so I don't think that like the narrative of, Oh, finally, Dar- what Dardock has been waiting for his whole LCS career. Rick Fox has shown up and will tell him the secret to being great teammate. Uh, but I do actually conversely to that, I did say that Jared Jeffries, uh, you know, I did this interview with him and he basically said that he didn't feel like he, he, he felt like he could handle any of these players that were thrown at him because he felt as though none of them would be as bad as anything he'd seen in the NBA, which I thought was a pretty good point. I've I've talked with Jared Jeffries a little bit. He did an ESL show that I was on at the same time, and he's he's really cool and pretty smart smart about it. I love love the fact that Rick is uh, getting a lot of attention, but I also I think that people are um, sleeping on Jared Jeffries' involvement with that team. I think he he deserves some attention, too. Um, (laughs) I also want to touch upon the TSM part, too, because I I think that we're giving them a pass this early because they're a new team, but I think they're on a lot worse levels than what we want to give them credit for. Yeah. I mean, Mm. I said it kind of near the beginning of the show. I think that it's fair to criticize TSM in the context of the NALCS, because again, if you take the bot lanes, the bot lane from a, from a European LCS champion team and a, a bot lane that has done has done some things internationally, right? You're going to add that to Bjergsen and Hanser who have previously won North American LCS as many times as they had. And then, okay, you put the kind of the one unknown factor player-wise of Mike Young in there, along with one of the top coaches from last year, Immortals. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. They don't really have an excuse for dropping as many games as they already have in the North American LCS. I just think people are drawing way too many conclusions. We're two weeks in and Worlds is going to start, you know, Worlds is uh, uh, September, October, November time or whatever. Like, 
come on, we wouldn't be doing this uh, two weeks into uh, any other uh, us like uh, two weeks into a football split. I don't think you're like fire the coach, get rid of this guy, do that thing. You know, oh, I, I don't think you should be at all team. either. Um, but I agree. I just more for the spring split, especially. Uh, right. So I think I think you give them the entire split. Let's see what happens when they're done with the split. I would still yeah. expect them by the end of this split to finish in playoff position. That's still my expectation, even from now, is that this set of players with this coach should be able to fix whatever issues they have, at least to finish sixth and go to playoffs. Um, And then I think the criticism can start rolling in in summer if they're not shaping up to be that world's caliber semifinal, you know, you know, uh, quarterfinal semi uh, semifinal caliber world's team. Con, um, thank that's when so I'm going to start going in on them for calling in. Really appreciate it. We got two more callers to go, but thanks again. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Okay. So we're at the 10 minute or 10 o'clock mark. So we got to get through these next two. Okay. I'm just going to grab them right away. Sure. We got resist impulse. Who was, who was uh, doing everything he could to get on the show and he's here now. Uh, Where are you calling from resist impulse? I'm calling from Maryland. Yeah. You've been on the show previously. Yes. Yeah. I was on the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you for uh, posting on YouTube that you were going live. Oh, thank you. Yes. I'm, I've noticed that that people seem to catch that there. So I'm happy that I can do that. Yes. I'm yeah. a big YouTube uh, fan. Thank you. And thank you, Mark, for liking my tweets. Uh, the <laughs> terrible experience us one percenters have watching on a 21 by nine monitor. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> Um, so I had two topics. I don't know which one I was pulled in for. One is TSM's feelings uh, when Reggie is a bad barrel maker or uh, the league's clash system. I think I don't remember. You put a donation. You, you donated. And that's when I grabbed you. <laughs> I don't remember what the donation was. Well, I just saw go. like that's how you get yeah. his attention. I guess take your pick, whatever you think. <laughs> Uh, well, they both revolve around communication because I am huge on communication. Pick have you guys one, played pick sports? One just because we're winding guys? up down the show, resist. Yeah, have you any of you guys played traditional sports? No. I yeah, James I was and I played a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Funny. So when you're a kid and your parents throw you on a you know soccer team, right? You're not necessarily friends with all those players. Right. So that is league's clash system's biggest failure right there. They want you to be a pre-made. And if league wants to last for decades and generations of players, then they need to stop refusing to invest in the infrastructure that is vital to traditional sports in the esports scene. And that is communication and strangers being forced on a team and learning about, you know, how to operate within that. I'm a super competitive person. Communication is my biggest strength. And without voice comms and without, you know, a tiered or an organized structure, like, you know, I think rec games um, or sorry, recreational leagues, right. Then there's like no barrier to entry or, or better system than the solo queue. And I can post my discord link in there all the time. Is it too late to pivot (laughs) to the TSM topic? (laughs) No, no, no. I can pivot to Reggie's bad barrel maker. Well, I was going to, I was going to talk about this. I don't, I don't know how James felt about talking. Do you want to talk about this? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. Uh, So I got got opinions. I got opinions (laughs) on opinions. Yeah. You can't pay James to not talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'll say is, I think you know I, I appreciate the comparison, but it is different, uh, obviously. Uh, and the big one is anonymity. I always mess that word up, but um, I don't think parents would sign their kids up to go play with a bunch of randoms 
if there was no accountability to who they were and that they could swear and cuss out their kid. Mark, that is the best point I have heard to date. I appreciate uh, that. So, so yeah, I understand. And, it's not, and, and, you, you weren't going for a direct comparison, but I don't think parents would let their kids do stuff. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I've run Facebook groups with thousands of you know members, and that is the biggest issue when it comes to combating uh, hate speech and things like that. Is the anonymity that uh, you know being online can provide. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't personally care about point. it. I'm just saying, you know, Riot Games takes the parental process a lot more than I personally care. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. There used to be all these uh, communities where you could just go in and get thrown on a team. And there was definitely, you know, issues with toxicity and stuff like that. But that gave you the competitive outlet to be able to leverage a really valuable skill at the pro scene that isn't available to use in solo queue, which is communication. So I, I, the first thing I want to just. I want to figure out is, are you suggesting that Riot needs to do, what are you suggesting? I guess is what I'm getting at. Are you suggesting that we need to do more? We need to create a peewee system, a high school system? I think you I'm, like, I'm saying what's the, what I, I kind of want to get what you're suggesting at so that I can look at it from that, that angle. That kind of needs to be the end goal. If we want to compete uh, with a long lasting generational, uh, you know, process that the traditional sports have right um but for now we need to address it with our adults that are playing really quickly by the way do you know about super league gaming resistant pulse yes and it's not in my city i don't think last time i checked i I, i've 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 checked on it a few times yeah it's just an interesting topic because if you're talking about building like a system a local system for people to connect and play together and get better that i think that's a an interesting idea because yeah, because I'm, I'm 100% with you that um, that in order to create a sustainable ecosystem for esports, there needs to be a path to pro. And, and that 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 literal phrase there, path to pro, is something you'll hear regurgitated by esport right esporters out the ass. Right. But but it's because it, it means something, which is that uh, which is that like there needs to be when you're eight years old and you aspire to be an athlete. When I aspired to be a soccer player or a basketball player, I had to understand there had to be a clear path or or way of getting there, steps to take, which is, okay, yes. join peewee soccer, then go to competitive soccer, then play high school soccer. From there, I will go to, you know, I'll get drafted to college, blah, 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 or, you know, whatever. I'll go to a college, get a, you know, a scholarship, and then from there, go into the MLS, right? Okay, yeah. there's a clear path to pro. And I agree that that needs to exist for, for League of Legends. In- um, but again, I think that that's something that has to come in incrementally and only comes in when there's need for it so when the professional level gets to the point where hey it's it is aspirational first you need to create something that it is that is worthy of being aspired to right so first we need to create and establish a league in which you want to be a pro now now that people want to be a pro that it is reasonable to make a living being a pro even a a bottom end pro because that's important Yes, top end pros have been making a fair amount of money for a while, but bottom end pros not so much. So again, when I told my mom I wanted to be an astronaut, she said, "Go for it," you know, because she's all. But when I told mom I wanted to be in, uh, I wanted to be a, a professional video game player when I was fourteen. There's no such thing. You're, so you're she would she would have institutionalized now. me. 
<laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's part of culture now, right? Like you're bringing it backwards into a, a no, 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 no. I'm, I'm laying, I'm laying out where we are. A bigger cultural, like uh, you know, a, you're bringing it into a bigger, bigger cultural uh, aspect, right? So uh, of, I'm just of, trying of to lay out. Of our I'm nation. just trying to lay out where we are, right? So do you follow my logic that we're, where we are right now is we finally created something that I, is worthy of being aspired to. We have also now finally gotten to a place where anyone who reaches that level can consider themselves successful and can live a sustainable and reasonable lifestyle. Okay, now, now we need to approach the issue of how do we get people from never heard of League of Legends ever in my life to actually play, being a pro player? And that comes from, okay, we've got a tutorial. That introduces you to the game, then normal games, yes. then we get you into rank to uh, to deal with the competitive element. Now, yeah, but, now but what you're talking we... about, hold up, hold up, hold up. Just follow my logic. So now we have we have the the thing to be aspired to on one side, and we have and we have the game to the level that we you can understand it. And we've brought you up to this at least this competitive competitive level of solo queue. Now what you're what you're getting at is the issue of is is how to do this final bridge, how to get from here to here, right? How do I go from being you know, uh, into the competitive scene and wanting to become a pro, knowledgeable and into the game to actually becoming a pro. And I agree, we don't have the best solution for that, but that's where we are still making strides and efforts towards, okay, we have the collegiate system and, and, and every and year more colleges, uh, more colleges join that list. Every year more colleges hand out scholarships. If more colleges hand out scholarships, more parents are gonna be willing to say, hey, you know what? If you wanna go spend your hours invested in this game and it's gonna net you an education or a future, they're gonna be willing to invest in their children as soon as parents start investing in their children at younger or earlier ages that's when you're going to see things like community organized events that's when you're going to see community outreach and things we, on the we, on the local level we slash uh, the throat on the community organized events we slash it throat in what way uh when you took away the rp rewards that was the 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 backbone the funding system for the commu community uh all right, so so that's where I have to step back from the conversation only because I'm not a part of that decision um, and don't have the context as to why we made that decision. Um, yeah. But I would remind you that, again, like at some point, the company, the, you know, Needs to make a dollar. It, I under, right. well, it I needs to make a dollar. And at some point isn't responsible for you making it from from. Wanting, I you know, wanting to play League of Legends I, I to, have... to being an LCS member. At some point, some point, people have to take ownership over that. And at some right, I so understand it's like completely. My competitive That's why I pay a coach. I have a, a lesson every week with my coach. And Dash, what do you what are you guys doing from you know the desk to push forward in our culture, in the league culture, as players, the importance of hiring a coach to climb the solo queue ladder and things like that, right? If I if I don't, I, I don't know. Hey, well, to is that in, my job? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I would not pit it <laughs> before, before Dash. The color in, in Dash's room has been getting more and more dramatic as he has it. He has it on his heart rate. He has a heart rate thing that raises the color. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to put this. I, I would say. I would say. I'm not sure. Look, I, well, like, I think, I think idea you it's fine for you to, to have to raise the point of uh, I, I do think one right has been investing in Path to Pro. I think Collegiate is an example of that. I think partnering with something like Super League Gaming to create city champs is there. I, I've been impressed Big with the, Big Ten Network. Big Ten Network Big, just Big signed on. Like that's huge. Right. I, as soon as you get collegiate investment, other stuff follows. I, I personally and I, and I know that I'm, you know, 
Dash, so, Dash so can't speak to this, but I can say I don't think that the RP rewards <laughs> is the thing that really needs to be the anchor for community uh, competition. Um, because I think that stuff is going to exist without it. And and from my understanding, that thing was discontinued because it became like this clusterfuck of, you know, who uh, scandals that came out where it's like, I deserve RP for this. And this turn, it just became like a huge maintenance issue is my guess for why that went away. So I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's fine. That I, I understand. That. I also don't know if Dash needs to be telling the viewers that they need to go hire a coach. Uh, is the final thing I would say. <laughs> well, 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 hold on. He's talking about taking personal ownership over it. And I'm saying that I've taken personal ownership because I'm 32 years old. I don't plan to, you know, make it pro, but I decided if I'm going to spend my time in this game as, you know, a hobby or pastime, then I want to get good, right? And how do you get good? I play traditional sports. I play non-traditional sports. And one of the ways is a coach. And if you paste your Discord link or, you know, mention that you have a coach, it's something that's looked down upon in our community and i think that you know vocal community leaders like you guys have a platform and an ability to you know i'm not saying you need to preach that everyone knows needs to go get a coach but that it's not a bad thing right i spent all the world talking about how everyone should use mobilitics to identify their personal strengths and weaknesses uh and and i I appreciate that i use mobilitics i would argue that once again (laughs) This is potentially, and I, I haven't been, you know, harassed for saying I have a coach, but I believe that this is once again one of those misdiagnoses. God, I can't speak tonight of the problem of the online ecosystem. And it's not that people are making fun of you for having a coach; it's that they want to make fun of you, and that's what's different about you. And I, I think, um, without going too far down this rabbit hole. People oftentimes just they don't know anything about anyone because it's all anonymous. So if you say something, that's what they're going to attack about you. And, and I think that represents itself in a lot of ways where you start hearing about the problems of like gender and those things crop up as well. Without going down that rabbit hole, I think if you make it known that you're doing something that is not considered like if, if it's not the complete status quo and someone wants to get a rise out of you, that's what they're going to attack. Dash, I know you're about to explode. Resist. No, no, no. Can I just leave yeah. you? The pros have coaches. Resist. Resist. Thank yeah, you so much for, being, for coming on the show. Dash, final different. thoughts? I was going to I'm going to leave you with this, which is that I agree with you that, again, for the sport to grow – that an ecosystem needs to exist where as a very young kid, I can decide I want to do something and I can understand how to achieve that thing. Yes, that is somewhere we need to get. My point is that I don't think 100% of the responsibility falls on Riot. Um, at a certain point, we have to be able to divorce ourselves from this idea that Riot has to lay out everything for us. I mean, if I want to become a, a doctor or a basketball player or whatever, at some point, I got to just take my time to go outside and shoot hoops. My brother decided to do that in high school. I didn't. He's a better basketball player than me. Back to life. He took ownership over that, and he's a better basketball player. But I'm a better gamer because I spent my hours playing games. Resist. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, can can I have last words? Uh, you have ten seconds. Okay, so communication is really important, and it starts with these efforts, right? If we we have communication as a huge issue in the you know LCS, the NALCS, and we're not starting earlier. <laughs> Mark, no. Resist. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we got one final caller. 
Maybe communication's not his strong. <laughs> no. oh Sorry, that was an <laughs> no. It's um, uh, it's a jab. We got one final no, 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 person. I think, yeah. While well, we're bringing someone in, I think yeah. communication's huge. I agree, but I think you know, again, it's just by simply putting in voice chat or by meshing people together. That's not always the best solution. To and I'm uh, I'm pro voice it. chat, by the way. I'm dragging Colluder in. All right, go for Do it. it. Colluder, hello. Hello. Hi, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Los Angeles. You are welcome. Uh, hello to fellow uh, Angelino. You are our last caller for the night. What did you want to talk about? I want to talk about the uh, environment of uh, the C9 coaching and specifically how that contrasts to TSM's coaching environment and how uh, the traditional sports, how they have to coach cool. and how it's similar to uh, – so go ahead and give us your your thesis statement here, and then we'll we'll go through it pretty quick. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I've been seeing more and more through uh, Sven's interviews that uh, the time in TSM was pretty dysfunctional, and uh, how uh, how they still might have those problems in their uh, in their org. And the coaches, how uh, like how Reapered is so laid back, you know, he, he, he has conversations with the players instead of just straight coaching them. Uh, yeah, what were you going to say? Well, I was just gonna, I, I guess we're just trying to get to the crux of um, are, is you, you just want to set up a discussion comparing and contrasting the two different environments. Do you want to determine which one's better? Do you have an opinion on which uh, which support staff or coaching style is better? Yeah, uh, I, I'm a C9 fan and I definitely think C9 is, is better. Okay. It's one of the reasons I've stuck with C9 throughout all their or uh, throughout all their orgs and sorry throughout all their iterations of the team and uh, whatnot. Um, I think I also think you can compare it to in traditional sports. How at the highest level of traditional sports, it has to be a conversation between between players and coaches, about bouncing ideas off of each other, and the coach essentially will have the final say, but it's it's a conversation between players and coaches, not players and players. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, I think the I think the conversation around coaching in any sport is incredibly interesting, only because again, as a former athlete and fairly competitive one, um, I, I am a player or I'm a I'm an athlete who responded very much to like the hard ass coach. Um, which I think a lot of people don't, right? Like so, so often you talk, you hear about like, oh, I need the, you know, the coach who's gonna be able to build his team up and inspire, or like, you know, work through. This. I, my college coach, he just constantly told me I was fat because I couldn't get abs, um, and uh, and and would give me crap for you I'm know. I'm learning so uh, much about for, Dash's childhood. For being an actor, like, my brother pl- actually got really good at basketball. I played. Why are you making fun of D- James? Has a lot of life experience to pull. From, I know right? it's just fun. It's just like I. So many of these answers go back to like Dash's. Like, yeah. and then there was that one well, time where the ice cream fell off the cone. I mean, that's how I that's how I that's how I approach issues is I have to relate them to my myself. Right. Which is like, OK, so I, I competed at a high level in running in college. But my coach was a total dick to me because he understood that that's how I responded. Um, 
you know, that said, when I look at the league uh, coaching ecosystem, I, I'm kind of with you where I think that C9 in large part has impressed me over the years with their org and the way that they handle either conflict, changing rosters or attacking problems, which is that I rarely hear of, you know, animosity more so, uh, you know, uh, people coming. There's only a couple, maybe a couple. And Mark probably knows of like the one or two instances in the history of the org where I'm like, oh, okay, that was a personnel or, oh, somebody really got after somebody for it kind of a thing. But otherwise, like that is one of those orgs that I have a ton of confidence in in the term in terms of understanding their players and how their players need to be coached, which is not something I think TSM does well. It doesn't mean that the coaches on TSM couldn't be successful coaches. It's just that maybe they weren't applying the right coaching techniques to the players they have or to the situation uh, you know, that was in front of them. The one thing I'd like to throw in here as well is that um, league coaching is you know, pretty different than traditional sports coaching because you are in such a intimate environment that you really don't see in other sports. Um, there is not much of a separation between player and coach and players have a much larger voice than they will ever have on a, on a real team. Unless you're talking about like a Tom Brady. And even then Bjergsen probably has more say over anything than Tom Brady ever did. And we're talking about like the all time greatest quarterback. I would, I would reckon that's the case. Um, and I was not talking to Bill Belichick, whatever this is getting off topic, but the point is that the environment that is fostered is as much on the players as it is on the coaches because those two things are basically inseparable in my eyes like you are a core group of five six seven people out against the world and there's a camaraderie in that but it's also on all all seven of you to, to make that work um and so when sven's talking about those problems in the interviews as far as i could tell he was talking mostly about player problems and not really coaching problems and yeah that's actually a good point and one of the thing, one of the things to note is that like C9 have had their player problems. They've moved the players to avoid those problems. And you're left with players like Sneaky, like Smoothie, who are who are unbelievably easygoing from all accounts. On yeah. All, yeah, by all accounts, they are not. No one's ever said that these guys are hard to work with. Jensen, you've heard a little bit between him and his junglers, but that's mostly it. And then um, Licorice is completely new and he sounds like an eager young guy. So. I, I think it's it's the kind of thing where you can't ex, you can't say something's coaching or players. It's 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 both every single time. It's, all, it's a symbiotic relationship. Right. Yeah. Again, that's why it's so unique to the player. Again, my coach was a dick to me, but he couldn't be a dick to everybody because he knew if he was a dick to that guy, that guy would get all in his head and he'd get all defeated before he'd even step on the track for a race. But he knew it would fuel me and make me mad and I'd run faster because of it. Right. Um also, ask Mark. I have lots of opinions around coaching. I have had many <laughs> yeah. a conversation with Mark around what I think should happen when it comes to coaching, but I have to yield to the person who's actually spent time in the system. Um, again, I pull all of my examples from traditional sports. As he just mentioned, we are not traditional sports. There are differences. So I like to think in my idyllic way that, hey, if I came in and applied this process or this conversation, I could resolve issues within X, Y, or Z team. It's probably not the case, um, but that's what kind of makes it a fun theoretical discussion. Yeah, there's absolutely things that apply as well. Um, but, you know, like just to point out one of the biggest differences is like there's no subs basically in the LCS well, on top teams. You're never getting subbed out on, on a good team. Right. So like you, you kind of just have to figure out a solution that works. You know, it's never like, all right, you overstepped your line. We're bringing somebody else in. Like that's so it's a great solution. I love that solution. <laughs> I actually agree with everything both of you guys just said. 
That was a, um, incredibly. For Shut up, Travis. Minutes, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's complicated. I guess colluder is what I'm yeah. saying. Is um, it sounds like yeah. th- that situation is one where like I doubt Parth is as authoritative and as direct with what he expects as Reaper. But I'd also say it sounds like Bjergsen, Doublelift, and Hanser are a lot more opinionated than the C9 members. Yep. 100% agree. Yeah, but I also think it's it's the coach's job to get that mediation between the players. And it, it's a triangle. It is. And it is 100%. And solve how that's working out. Clearly, it is 100%. The relationships in there. Um, and that's where I say, hey, that's just a matter of time. Again, we're eight years into a sport. In order to be a coach, you need – so what you're saying is the prerequisites for a coach is someone who has a very high-level understanding of the game. If not, in a lot of cases, as much as a pro, if not more in some ways in that they have to be able to look at more aspects of the game, not just certain microcosms. Then they need to have interpersonal skills so that they could deal with these people, management skills, because now they're in a position of power, as well as just general life skills. And hey, you're pulling from a pool of 21-year-olds with like two years professional League of Legends experience and zero years like adult lifing experience there's just not a sizable enough pool right now to say every team will have a good coach um but i agree with you 100 that is the coach's responsibility and the mark of a good coach is one that comes in and actually you know nails all those bullet points um there's maybe 20 you know 30 40 percent of the coaches in league right now i think are really really top tier coaches and the rest still have a lot of growth to do just like every other aspect of the ecosystem right now hey yeah. thank you so much for calling in uh colluder we are well okay. over our time but i want to thank you so much for the call okay have a good night yeah, thank you one. all right see you. uh all right so that's the show uh thanks again dash for coming on i think uh you definitely made an thank impression you. On yeah. the on the Twitch chat, very intense, intense discussion. People finally get to see what you're like behind the scenes. You know, yeah. is this how you are in meetings? Or are you just like wait? Have you? One, I thought Jet. I think that the analyst desk should still be hosted by me. Two, you know. Hold on, I thought you have like spent enough time around Dash to know these. No, like, I know. You, I, weren't you guys drinking in China and stuff together? I know and... this stuff. I know this because every now and then I. It's like you're just speaking for you're just speaking for Twitch chat. Yeah, for Twitch chat. Travis was my first interview ever. Yes, I was his first interview ever. And I think um, that's funny. I've always known this about that. It's it is an an interesting situation where Dash, who is somebody who is very opinionated and willing to like argue a point and really go into discussion becomes is actually like the host of something where he's more about pulling all that stuff from everybody else. So it is. Always fun when he's given the spotlight to sort of share his thoughts on stuff. But that's why I can't shut up off air, right? I yeah. get it all out off air so that when <laughs> yeah. I'm on air, I can like take a step back and say, fine, I'll let them, you yeah. know, home run the points and whatnot. Mark, uh, as we're winding down, anything that you want to shout out, anything you want to say here at the end? Nope. Dash, <laughs> what What would you say to everybody? Any, where can people uh, I mean, you? look, I, I've, I've loved the discussions we've had tonight. I would say to everyone, even if we disagreed on the topic, I love the fact that you were, you know, willing to come in and question us and challenge us on, you know, on the assumptions we've made or what we've done so far in the split. Continue to do that. Um, again, uh, the show is made for you guys. So obviously, if we're not hitting certain beats uh, that you want us to hit, then we're failing at our jobs. Um but I want it to be an open discussion, and hopefully this did some uh, some service and uh, towards like acknowledging the fact that like we are open to conversation. If you reach out to us and you're you know nice, but not nice is the wrong word. What's the uh, 
That's uh, what I'm looking for. Not, you're, to work, you're not abrasive and you're not a you know, hater, I guess. I yeah, don't you're know. not looking for conflict. If you're if conflict is not your goal, but you know, like presenting an issue and finding a solution is your goal, then hey, I'm open. I'm open to it. If you're constructive, perfect. Yeah. There it is. Anyway. Yeah, thank you so much I'm for coming on. Brain. For everyone Thank watching, you very much for having me. we do broadcast this uh, usually on Mondays at 8 p.m. Sometimes we have to bump it over to a different uh, day, such as we did today. Uh, the VODs all go up on YouTube.com slash Travis Gafford and the podcast version. We do release an audio version. I always forget to promote it. It is available on uh, iTunes, Google Play, and other places like that. So thank you mm. so much, everyone, for watching. Thank you to all the subs uh, for supporting me. And uh, to State Farm for there. supporting the yeah. analyst desk. Uh, Travis, are we the most popular League of Legends podcast, or are we losing the Beyond the Rift? I've, are they on iTunes? I don't. I don't know what their audio numbers are. That, I mean, I would assume that uh, the Riot one, the is, dive, the dive yeah. is probably the most. And now Euphoria, <laughs> Euphoria, the new. Uh, We're definitely more popular than Euphoria. Uh, that is. That's a. <laughs> That's easy. All right, Travis will cancel this show if it's less successful. Thanks, everyone, for watching.